0: You just go right into uh, whatever you want to talk about.
1: Well, it's what you want to talk about. Oh, yeah, because you don't
0: have anything. Maybe this should be the opening of just you not having, not knowing what to. No, know. like
1: us saying, "What do you want to talk about?" You know, like you know, you should just go into whatever you want to talk about. Like this whole spiel, who, this whole thing we're doing now. We should just leave this as the opening to the. Who podcast. should? Who
0: should write it? Only you can write it. Write it. Fuck, write it.
2: Again.
1: Hi everybody. welcome to gaming a m greatest podcast in the world. We are in double digits episode yeah that's 10. right
0: this is This is number ten now It's number crazy. 10. Maybe we-, we should do something special for
1: it, like not have an intro <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty special It's like short bus special
0: yeah episode ten that's crazy i can't i I had us done at like at least four
1: no, you didn't
0: five at the most.
1: Five, I'll buy, but not four. <laughs> so did everybody else.
0: Everybody else thought, you know, uh, they swear too much. They couldn't possibly last.
1: Yeah, because swearing's not popular on the internet, right? Nobody likes to swear on the internet. They don't like hearing swearing on the internet.
0: Yeah, but uh, for those of you who are just tuning in or who don't know, and uh, I don't know why that would be, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm know. Ray Price. Uh, with me, as always, the Connunian sing to my Captain Kirk. That's pretty good. You're eh, Ricardo Montalban, I'll or Benedict Cumberbatch, if you prefer. No. That's not a bad shake either way. I'm neither one of them. My name is Ka Tom Tolios. Hello, everybody. So, um, we got a call on the, uh, the Gaming AM hotline,
1: if you can believe it. I'm so hard right now. Yeah, it's crazy. I can't wait to hear this. Mm-hmm. It's better be some sexy beast. This is going to be crazy, yeah. Oh, Let's hear it. Okay.
2: Hey, company, and
0: you have been selected to receive a free cruise to the Bahamas. So congratulations. You have heard correctly. It is a cruise to the Bahamas for two people, and like most cruises, all the expenses are included. We would like for you to participate in a short survey,
2: and at the end of the survey, you will be awarded your free cruise. Let's get started,
0: Okay. A cruise for two. That's perfect. Oh, okay, let's go. Let's I'm do sorry. it. I ah! can hear you clearly. To receive your complimentary cruise tickets and to start the survey, please
1: say yes. Yes. Otherwise, yes. Yes. Please say no to be removed from National Statistical Survey Study. I want Bahamas. No, we want yes. the cruise. Yes. We want to record from okay. the Bahamas. Ah! Sorry
0: to have bothered you. We will remove you from our list immediately. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait no. 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 Wait. no. Ah.
1: You're not bothering us. So do we get the cruise or not? What a prick tease. Yeah. I have blue balls for the Bahamas now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to call them back and find out if we... Uh, it's for two. It's perfect, you know? She
1: apologized for bothering us. Yeah. I feel terrible. Yeah. I wanted the cruise. Yeah, it's A it's, it's survey? Answer a few questions? That's some bullshit. Promise to buy some real estate? <laughs> Fuck. Free trip to the Bahamas you could have yeah. been well let's we well, been let's rec- call that
0: Nigerian prince back and give him our credit card numbers so we could get the screws going, uh,
1: yeah, exactly. We could be sitting on the beach in our speedos with pina coladas, yeah recording definitely not bringing our wives going together no that's yeah, it's a completely platonic heterosexual <laughs> thing too we could be like uh Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy in trading places. <laughs> <laughs> oh Looking God. good, Billy Ray.
0: <laughs> oh jeez, man. So uh if you haven't seen it, um we uh we did our first uh our our first live stream. That's kind of fun, right?
1: Yeah, I had a good time with that.
0: Yeah, we uh we enjoyed that. We're going to do Even though more. I
1: never finished my game of Dragon Quest 4. That's yeah, that's right. some bullshit. I right? have to go back to it. Maybe next well, year.
0: Well, Denny, yeah, Denny didn't tell us we were live. So mm. that guy doesn't tell us anything. Yeah. No idea what was going on. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. We'll do some more of those uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully soon.
1: We, uh, the w- topic – we should t- discuss the topic. The topic was uh, Hydra Cap yeah, yeah. or Hydra Crap. It's, that's going to be my hashtag where it's Hydra Crap. And if you don't know what that is, that's the stunning and stupid revelation at the end of Steve Rogers' Captain America issue number one that Steve Rogers is and has been some sort of Hydra agent since the very beginning or yeah. at least at the very least sympathetic to the cause. Yeah which is fucking stupid and it's bollocks. And if uh, it wasn't illegal, I would kick somebody in the balls over it. Mm -hmm. Even though in the live stream I said that real-life violence is bad. But in the hour or so since we recorded it, I've had a change of heart. (laughs) I think this is worth kicking somebody in the balls over. But only if it's not a crime and only if there are no long-reaching consequences for it. Right, right.
0: So I have some some things that uh, I want to talk about uh, for this episode. Uh, that are bothering me. I mean, uh, the Cap Hydra thing. I I can definitely sympathize with that. That is uh, that's pretty annoying. But
1: I've got something. Yeah. Imagine if like Superman was. Um, imagine if Superman was an agent of ISIS or something.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Would be the, like, the same. Yeah. Although if it was that Zack Snyder continuity, I wouldn't even. Give yeah. A shit. I,
1: well, shit. They're fighting in the desert at one point. How <laughs> do you know he's not in service to ISIS in that dream sequence? Yeah.
0: Who are all those guys bowing to him? You know? Yeah.
1: Where the Flash like speaks a bunch of gibberish to Bruce Wayne. Right. That I couldn't understand. No, I, I couldn't understand anything in that Yeah, I couldn't understand anything in that Couldn't movie.
0: understand uh, Lex Luthor prancing around. You're not getting
1: a fight with this man or whatever he says. I, was I, like, I, oh. I don't understand um, why Superman and Batman don't just talk it out. Yeah. You know, yeah. bro it out. <laughs> Maybe do some uh, chess boxing. No, punching. Well, Only punching. Well, chess boxing. I mean, they could like play chess for one round and then box for one round. It's punching. a gentleman's punching. sport.
0: Punching. Zack Snyder movie. Punching. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, Batman kicks. Well, and
1: some pushing.
0: A lot yeah. of pushing. And then uh, Batman kicks Superman
1: into a pit and says, this is Gotham. <laughs> and he even has a spear. Like the Spartans fought with a <laughs> the spear. There you go. Fucking. And uh, I know that Square Enix made a Play Arts Kai figure. It's a variant of Batman as a Spartan. Ah, I'm not shitting I okay. saw it at the comic store the other day.
0: Okay. Which comic store over that?
1: uh amazing fantasy in Frankfurt oh, okay the one I go to every every week
0: Shout out to amazing fantasy in Frankfurt yeah. um I have something equally as frustrating and, and annoying
1: now I want to preface this by saying I don't know what you're about to bring up
0: yeah i don't tell I don't tell Tom what I'm going to talk about because I like the uh honest reactions I like to you know I don't like to talk about it beforehand because then it's not genuine you know yeah
1: the um I didn't know you were going to bring up the bored kid at the convention, mm. and that remains like one of my wife's favorite <laughs> moments on our podcast. Is that yeah. me laughing about that? It was pretty,
0: pretty, uh, pretty, I, pretty had sad. I, had I known? Did you have time, a favorite moment that we've done so far? It's episode ten. We should reminisce a little bit. We'll do a flashback episode. Like they always do. Mm, yeah. Like the, a digest episode. Yeah.
1: Maybe we could put a bunch of different scenes together, a bunch of different recordings together yeah. into like a, a, a Dream Secrets where we have to rescue Min Man, a magic bicycle.
0: There you go. You know, if we were really going to do it right, though, you know who did the flashback episode right? Was Clerks Animated, where they did it as their second episode. Oh, they yeah. Flashback to the first episode. That was a flashback episode yes. done right. You know who did it wrong? Star Trek The Next Generation, Shades of Grey. I don't
1: even – you know, I've probably seen it's the It's the season
0: two finale, okay? And what happens in the episode is um, Riker – something happens to Riker, and he gets um, – he, he's laid out. He's in a coma. And he is uh, dreaming while he's in this coma, and he's dreaming about old episodes. It's a flashback episode. and uh, Seems the, lazy. When uh, Well, that's the thing. They were out of budget for the season. They had no budget left to do a finale, so they're like, "Well, when we not they just
1: end it one season early." Yeah, one I, early.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's Trek people that know more than I do that would know the reasoning behind it that are out there. But this happened; it's a real thing. If you watch, it's called Shades of Gray. The and if you go on any website like where you know, like IMDb has the ratings, it's like consistently rated like the worst, the worst Star Trek episode in history.
1: Wait, worse than Spock's brain?
0: Yeah, it's like. That bad. It's like really? it's horrible. And it's just Riker dreaming past episodes. It's a fucking clip show, a Star Trek: Next Generation clip show for a show. season
1: finale, for a
0: season two finale because they it's... ran out of money. So they filmed like little bits in sick bay with Crusher going, or not Crusher. It was uh, that uh, old hag, Doctor Pulaski. That
1: old hag.
0: So uh, she is, man. She's uh, you remember that uh, screwy squirrel cartoon where that old lady wants to buy him and he yeah. looks at her and it just changes to an old bag. <laughs>
1: I would say that a Digest episode in the middle of a season of live TV for that reason is egregious. Yeah. But, like, to do it as a season finale is fucking sinful. In
0: Star Trek, of all places, too. It's just like, oh, my God. But but they're like, oh, well, when he dreams, um, like, negative stuff, his condition improves. And when he dreams positive stuff, his condition worsens. So we need to, like, get him to dream. So, like, Troy's in there using her psychic shit to, like, try and get them to... I can't remember the episode well because I've kind of, like, tried to push it out of my brain a little bit, but, yeah, it was, like, it was really bad. And I was Seems just, like,
1: like Riker's at the center of a lot of season or series-ending moments. mm mm-hmm. At least two that I can think of. Yeah, well, uh, Enterprise. Enterprise is the one I was referencing. Enterri- oh, Enterprise is. That heinous. has to be the worst. Do you the, mean, like that. This episode, Shades of Gray, rates worse than that episode.
0: Yeah, that one's pretty heinous too. I'd be interested to look them up. I guess. See. I guess
1: the ending of Enterprise is still all original content. It's just badly executed. Yeah. It's a bad. It's bad from a conceptual level. Well, you know like why? Hydra Cap. You know who wrote it? Uh, hold on. Not Rick Berman. Was it Berman? Who is he had a partner in crime that was like equally, is equally guilty of that? Uh, shit maybe today.
0: Michael Pillar. I don't know. Possibly. I don't know. I just know any anytime there's like a bad decision made, it's always like Rick Berman's name on the right. Maybe
1: who who were all the writers on it? It was Berman Pillar. Oh, God, I don't remember. Like, there was I, one guy... I could that,
0: get up my Next Generation companion off the shelf and look him up. There but, was yeah, one guy who was head. a
1: writer for it that said that he thought that the best way for the for the show to end Star Trek and the was for them to fly into a giant cosmic vagina. I'm not shitting you. This is something my cousin told me. I thought me. that
0: happened in Star Trek The Motion Picture already.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, that was the original cast. That was okay. <laughs> Besides, Spock needed to you get some. You can't rationalize it that way. Spock needed to get some. Otherwise, he was going to blood rage... And fight Kirk. Wait,
0: what are you talking about? Well, I'm not talking about the motion picture. That didn't happen in motion picture.
1: No, he would have if they hadn't flown through the vagina.
0: I'm the talking about V'ger. In- I'm talking
1: about you – know, no, you, I'm saying that Next Gen, oh. the writer from Next Gen said that the perfect ending would have been for the end. Yeah, no, I know. Into they, vagina. Yeah. And you're saying they did that in, in, in the motion picture. In the motion picture. And I said that's okay because it's the, it's, the, it's the original cast. They no. Can do anything. It's not okay. It is okay. No. Dude, there were episodes of that TV show where they found a universe where it was Earth exactly the same, but the Nazis had won World War II. Yeah, this was fucking ridiculous. It's stupid, but it was still cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. There, it was like forty-five minutes of Purple Cloud in that movie. I just like that movie was too 1970 nineteen-seventies sci-fi for me. The motion well, picture, definitely. I mean, it was like
1: from two thousand and one. Oh,
0: totally, man, totally. And it was like, um, I, I timed it one day. I watched um, the motion picture. And I timed it one day. It's six. And a half minutes of uh, Admiral Kirk and Scotty flying around the Enterprise and looking at it like just a jack-off moment for all the people who love looking at the Enterprise. You're seeing it on the big screen with these high special effects for the first time. So we're going to show it first. It was six and a half minutes of them flying around a circle in that little pod and just looking at the Enterprise from different angles. Did they
1: ever... They never cut to the people inside the ship. Yeah,
0: they kept cutting to just like so. Basically, they told uh, James Doohan and William Shatner just react for like ten minutes, and we'll just record it. Just pretend you're looking. So they recorded them just hmm, mm, mm-hmm, kind of like at the, the show. Ship. And then they uh, yeah, and then they yeah, exactly. And then they cut they intercut that with like you know shots of the Enterprise. And then there's like that really bizarre. Um, at the beginning of the movie, before the movie even starts, there is a musical cue. Do you know about this have you ever
1: you, you seen this movie in a while oh it 's been a long time okay Are so, you, now, is this the theatrical cut? Because I know that they released a different version from yeah there,
0: well there 's the theatrical director 's cut i 've seen it in both versions, but there's this weird like is this in
1: both versions yeah this musical cue? so
0: like before the movie starts. Before, like the movie starts with opening credits and the music from Star Trek: The Next Generation. If you remember, that's where the Next Generation music originated. Oh yeah, originated. I, lo- I, love
1: the, uh, I love the I love the the movie theme for the character for the uh, Star Trek. Yeah, it's yeah, it's theme. not
0: bad. But that's how um, Star Trek: The Motion Picture starts. But before even credits, before anything, there is just music for like two and a half minutes, roughly, and it's stars. But they're not coming at you; they're going away from you. You're like moving. You're backing away from where no man has gone before (laughs) for some reason. So it's stars. You're traveling backwards in space. Stars going away from you and music for like two and a half minutes and then slowly fade to black. And then next generation music and opening credits. It's like, why did I sit through that music for two and a half minutes? Isn't that weird? It's a strange way to start a movie, I thought. I I never understood it. really weird. Speaking
1: of which, is there a story behind why they went with a different um, musical score, like a musical composition for the the films for the original series? Why they didn't just use the original music?
0: I don't know. I know that uh, I would would guess. This is just a a guess. But I know Gene Roddenberry wanted to do um, Star Trek Phase 2, like a continuation.
1: Didn't they actually film some of it? I don't know. I don't know if that was was it supposed to be all new people or was it some of the originals coming back?
0: Yeah, I think it was like the next, the second five-year mission. Some new people, some old people, like an anthology sort of thing. I guess you would call it nowadays in TV. But um, yeah, so but I I can imagine that that music was probably going to be the theme music for Star Trek Phase Two. It never came to pass. So he's like, "Well, we'll save it for the next thing we do," which ended up being the motion picture, and then I guess by proxy here's the next Star Trek series. Let's use that music. Yeah. Maybe people will have forgotten we already used it in
1: motion picture because well, nobody they, wants uh, to see that a couple anymore. Well, at least one or two or, um, original cast that movies came out during Next Gen, right?
0: Yeah, so, uh, 5 and 6 yeah. came out Yeah, during that time. So weird. Um, my personal favorite music cues from that are the uh, – they used it in Star Trek 3 and 5, I believe. Or was it – uh, no, it was one and five. One and five. The Klingon, oh, yeah. thing, the the Klingon theme that they always, yeah, they, 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 that's they, a good theme. Yeah, I like that song. And then they used it again in uh, First Contact when Worf was in the Defiant mm-hmm. fighting the Borg. They they revisited that theme. i like, that's pretty appropriate place to use that to like remember and bring that thing up. Good job, Jonathan Frakes.
1: For Star Trek, it's a tie for me as far as music goes between the uh, Finnegan theme from Shore Leave. Oh God. And, uh, row, row, row your boat gently down the street. Come on, go uh, with me.
0: Spock, Spock, you don't know row, 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 row your boat? (laughs) The best part of that scene is when they're going to sleep, and they're like, good night, Captain. Good night, Spock. Good night, Bones. Good night, Jim. Good night, Doctor. Good night, Spock. Good night, Captain. I don't know. I just don't know. (laughs) See I those are the
1: moments that at the time people took too seriously. Yeah. But I actually liked that scene. Yeah. I actually like the and scene. And then Uhura did. comes down in the shuttle and he's like, Get that
0: damn light out of my face.
1: They're on vacation.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh why didn't you beat my communicator? You forgot to take it with you. Oh, wonder why I did that. See? Before cell phones. hmm But uh we got off track. Getting back to um clip shows. Do you have a favorite uh can you recall a favorite uh, moment of this podcast that, uh, that you enjoyed?
1: A favorite specific moment or just like a, a thing? Just something that
0: comes to mind like, oh, I remember when we – that was funny or that was, that was uh, cool.
1: Probably probably the, the bored kid. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's – that's, And it's only because I laughed so much <laughs> at it Yeah, because I knew, man, the second you started talking about it, I just fucking knew.
0: Um, I, I enjoyed uh, the, the, the Gary Busey – Thing was uh, was was fun to talk about, and uh, also talking
1: about all the all the celebrities. Yeah, we've that was met. fun. That was fun. Was was fun. fun. I like that.
0: Uh, the uh, and I like your um, yeah, uh, Mark Singer. The Mark Singer story. Oh. That's yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, gooning me while I'm. I mean, making, I knew that already. I knew that story, but you know, hearing it again is still pretty goddamn funny. Gooning and, uh, me
1: while I'm making friends with fucking Ken Free from Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> Speaking of which, if if you might hear me use that phrase, gooning, it's something that we made up. It's a Gen Con reference. Gen Con is a tabletop gaming convention. Last year it drew over sixty thousand people, so it's it's a pretty big deal. But um gooning is when you're just standing around and some dude just walks up and starts talking to you about their character and shit and their campaign. We call that gooning. That happened to us at a party. Remember that? It was uh it was a Halloween party. Yeah, right? we were you, at were, a- you were, were you dressed as Terry Bogart for that party?
0: No. Um Goku. That Goku. was my Goku costume. Yeah. yeah, that was Goku back then. But uh we uh we were at this party, and uh, it was one of these parties. It was uh, like we were 20s. We were in our 20s. It was a 20-year-old's party. There was, like, booze there. There was I mean, we weren't drinking, but there was people yeah. with booze. There was a bonfire.
1: We left at one point to go do something. That's the trick. The dude was
0: talking to us, and, like, okay, our role-playing is like, you know, when we say we role-play, we mean that we play, like, certain games that we like. We're not role-players.
1: Right. You know, it's funny that you mention that because – I don't describe myself as a gamer. Me neither. Like I don't game just to game. Like I game if my friends are like, hey, let's get together. Like if I want to run a campaign, that's me running a campaign. It's not gaming. Yeah, I'm not. Like, you know, gamers are people that just get together specifically for the activity of gaming. Like I'll run a game if like I want to tell a specific story with a specific group of players. I, I once in a while I'll get together with my friends and play board games but by no means do I it's not something that like I do with a routine mm-hmm. I own a lot of board games but I buy them and I I like to read the rules and I like to see how the rules function and how no. the cards are used and stuff like that I own a bunch of Star Wars board games and some other fantasy stuff but it's not like, hey, let's get together and make sure we play our board game this week. I don't I'm so I'm not really a gamer. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm and I've a,
0: never even played a board game. So, I mean, and, I, and when
1: I just, when we use the phrase gamer, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of like the tabletop gamers. Cuz yeah, I play I, a lot of video games. I would say yeah, I'm a video gamer. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's, uh, you know, I wouldn't even call myself a gamer anymore. There's like there's like some games I like, but I don't have an uh, I don't have an Xbox one. I don't have a PS4. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm just not uh, in there anymore. But but certainly not a tabletop gamer and certainly not a tabletop board gamer. I've never done that, but I have played in, you know, just rolled some dice, you know, no figs or anything like that, but, you know, just uh, us, you know, just us, like not, but we ran into this guy at this party who was a huge gamer, a big nerd, and just, I don't know how I couldn't cite like who brought it up first or how it happened, but he caught wind that maybe me and you were just talking about it we were talking yeah, about some game we at played. At that
1: point in time, we had not game together. Yeah, that had not happened. Yeah, you didn't game. With we had us game until games you separately, right? But you, we didn't game together until you were living here.
0: Yeah, I don't know how it happened. the The point is, this guy we don't know heard us talking about gaming or something to that effect, and then started telling. Remember, he was telling us all about his level fifteen sword and all this. That
1: is gooning. Yeah that that's that exactly. And it, exactly it was, and we
0: kept. Uh, me and you were like, "Oh, let's go talk to this dude. We haven't seen him in a while. Let's go talk." And he kept fucking following us. He was like following us around like a dog. So like, what do you, you know? Would you guys play? Like, we didn't really play that much. You know, we're just like, and he's like, "Oh, I, you oh know, my level fifteen sword." Me, yeah. This is like, we're just like, we don't give a fuck. And we kept going. And we left the fucking party. We, we were like, high high made we made up, No, yeah. we made up an excuse. This is what happened. We made up an excuse. We were like, "I'm getting fucking bit up by mosquitoes." How about you? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I am too. Yeah, let's get in the fucking car. Let's go get some bug spray. We left the fucking party to get away from this asshole. We got in the car. We drove down to the end of the fucking block to get away from this asshole. And then we, wed- we waited like 10. We didn't go anywhere. We left the party, got in the car, drove two blocks away, fucking sat there for like 10 minutes, came back to the party, and then like, you know, all right, coast is clear. He's not around. Let's go. And then we kept seeing him, but like, you know, making hasty I exits all this and now. Yeah, yeah, it was just like uh,
1: we kept avoiding him at that point. Yeah,
0: that's a fucking goon right there. Yeah,
1: that that's so. When the person does that, they're gooning you. Yeah, and I that, know
0: exactly who the person is. I'm not going to say the person's name. It is somebody that is associated with somebody I know, so I won't say the person's name. But uh, yeah, fuck it, his name's Nate. Yeah, it's
1: pretty good, just outed it. good old Nate. Yeah,
0: he's a goon. Yeah, so if he listens to this. I don't know what to tell you, man. Leave us alone.
1: You're a goon, man. <laughs> don't tweet me about. We don't your give life. a fuck about your level 15 sword. It's dude. been 15 years it's probably a level 30 sword now, and uh, <laughs> is that all? You In can, that many uh, years, take your level 30 sword and stick it up your ass, yeah. and give me four chicken McNuggets.
0: Because yeah, exactly. Thank you. Because we had to leave the goddamn party that we were having yes. uh, a good time at. Yeah. Um, the other uh, the other thing that I would cite is the conversation about. The Retro VGS system.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That fun. I that's fun. That's a good uh, one.
0: I like that one. <laughs> well, first it was the SNES, the SNES Jr. inside right. the shell, and then it ended up being the video capture card. Uh, you guys. We said it before. We'll say it again. Dick move. Um, did you watch I, – I think you said you watched it. Did you watch the, um, the uh, R-Type? anime did you end up did you watch that thing you know what i did not no it's pretty cool you should uh, check it out guy basically like does uh 80s style anime uh of the first level of r-type play plays through like the whole how long is it it's like four minutes
1: something like that i'm gonna watch it right now all right let's pause stand by we're back i have watched the r-type animated short it sucked yeah Big waste of my time. All right, time to and the half next thing. Ten minutes, I'll never get back. <laughs> it's a good, uh, it's a good thing for you to try to talk about, but I yeah. don't care. Fail. No, no in actuality, it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, it uh, made me feel like I was in the mid to late '80s watching anime again. Yeah, it makes
0: when. you mad in a way. It's like it just shines a giant spotlight on how shitty a lot of stuff is now. Yeah,
1: you know the things I was noticing about it was the way the explosions looked—very mm-hmm. billowy and cloudy, and mm-hmm. lots of shading.
0: And the um, missiles. The girl uses the missiles at the end and they look very Robotech.
1: Yeah. Uh and just the character designs, there's a lot of like lighting going on in the character designs' faces. Like you're not gonna see that kind of lighting on anime characters. You know, the the lighting is pretty much gone today. If you watch a modern anime, there's the characters are all like their color is one shade. Yeah. Whereas back then it was like, you know, they would they would alter the lighting on the characters' faces in order to establish mood. <laughs> And and just like the way that the explosions do damage to the characters, mm-hmm. it just looks different back then than what it does. It's now. funny
0: you mentioned that because somebody just did. Uh, I saw online uh, somebody did a. Um, they took a bunch of still frames from Dragon Ball Super and recolored them how they would look in the eighties. So they recolored them to look like Dragon Ball Z, and whoever did it did a, an amazing job. It's like wow, you don't realize the subtle differences between yes. 80s animation and now until you're really like shown, like, here's Dragon Ball Super as it looks. Now, here's how it would have looked if these scenes with Beerus and all these, all the stuff going on Dragon Ball Super took place during Dragon as, Ball Z. As it looks much as we way like different. To,
1: as much as we like to respect how Super is adhering to the roots of the series in terms of the visuals, that he do, the guy does bring up a good point that it looks, it still looks it's different. drastically different. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. But, uh, yeah, our te- just... Uh, Google or just go to YouTube and type in R-Type Anime. It'll be, like, the first hit.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty incredible time capsule. The <laughs> um, One guy, and it's three and a half minutes, and it's better than most of the stuff that is coming out today.
0: Yeah, and he just, like, sat down, started drawing. It's like he drew, like, 17. He says, like, 17 pictures every second or something like that.
1: And... I could have done without the little equipping that the guy did.
0: Oh, yeah. But a lot of people say that. I've read the the comments. A lot of people are saying, oh, the voice acting's gay, but. You know, whatever.
1: It's not even like, it's not even badly acted. It's just the, the lines aren't very funny. Right. You know? I do like that, you know, nobody dies on the first stage. It's true. I, I'd probably die.
0: Speaking of, um, uh, speaking, uh, I mean, it's, it's sort of anime. It's not really anime. But uh, Ruby, did you watch Volume 3 yet?
1: I have it on Blu-ray. I've not watched it. Oh, and okay. now I suddenly find myself a little more time without <laughs> getting into detail. So it might be what I do tomorrow. Yeah. Um, uh, you... And another guy I know,
0: this is my, my buddy Pat, uh, both watched like five or so episodes and both complained about the exact same thing that it's just like turned into a tournament show. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did the same thing. He watched like five episodes. He's like, eh, it's just a tournament. It's not really like gripping me yet. You know, um, keep
1: yeah. watching. You told me that the last time we talked about it. I intend to. I intend to sit down with the Blu-ray. I intend to sit down and watch the whole thing. Yeah. Just haven't gotten around to it yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, takes, I won't spoil anything, takes an extremely dark turn, darker than any of the previous seasons. The previous seasons have been fairly light and have shown the characters to be mostly indestructible except for maybe um, uh, Yang's run-in with uh, that character, Neo.
1: Which felt like a very important event. It was like, okay, if if Yang is losing a fight to somebody, this is a major deal.
0: Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, The... the latter part of the third season of Ruby really showcases more of that showing the characters are not invincible and indestructible and they can lose and shit happens, man. It's, it's crazy. Let
1: me ask you a question. Um, how is, without getting into any specifics or spoiling, how is uh, Jean's arc? See what I did there? Jean's Nice. Jean's arc. Jean's, nice. Jean's the arc. Nice. Yeah. Very good. I
0: think we've doled on the joke too long. What were you trying to say?
1: How was uh, Jean's arc in the storyline?
0: Jean's arc, um, it's progressing. They uh, they didn't really get a chance to uh, focus on him. There's a lot going on in this season. They're like, so shit goes down. So there's really not a chance to focus on him and get more of his arc fleshed out. Because so. my
1: favorite part about the second season was his evolution and growth as a leader of his team. Yeah and especially the scene where he goes to the dance with yes, Kira. Yes, yes. I am not a fan of dance numbers in movies. No. It's not that I hate them. I just think they're kind of pointless. You didn't like Spider-Man 3? I, nothing about it, really. <laughs> I like that it was over. It's just strange because Spider-Man 2 is like one of my favorite moments of any superhero movie in it ever when he stops the train. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. But I, I really love the scene in Ruby Season 2 because, like, it establishes for you what kind of person John is going to be, yeah. and the lengths that he's willing to go to in order to set things right. Yeah, you know there. Yeah, there's a lot going on. The Hydra agent. Oh,
0: boy. He, um, I like him as a character because he has the most room for growth, That's and I true. like characters like that. Yeah, but this season they didn't really like because there's so much going on in the story this time that they didn't really get a chance to focus that much on any one character to flesh out the arc. But, you know, we'll see what happens next season.
1: Why do you think that is? Why do you think that this, the narrative structure was different? You could say no Monty. Do you think it was strictly no Monty? Could be. Monty? I don't know how
0: much involvement he had with season three. You know, I don't know how far along it was. So I, I wouldn't be able to say. Like, yeah,
1: I was really curious about the season because it is the first season where Monty is not with them anymore. Rest in peace. And um,
0: no, That's a shame, man.
1: I was just curious to see like what the tone was going to be like. Well,
0: I'll tell you this. I mean, if he did have no involvement in it, it seems like there was a definite push to get the story – Going in the direction it was intended to go. It was in. more about like the first, right. the first two seasons were just very drawn out and very like character focused. Let's say, it expand on about arcs,
1: character. It seemed to be more about character bits and finding the finding the light moments in the midst of all the darkness. But in
0: but in between all the character bits, there was something ominous yeah. is on the horizon. This season seems like an effort to. Let's Winter get, has come, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, oh totally, man. I mean by, by the end it's just like holy shit. I'm presuming
1: is, a fourth season is on the horizon. You
0: no know, if it's if it's not, I'm gonna be pretty goddamn pissed off because well, yeah, I wanna you know, then it it's you know well maybe like a, like the previous seasons, a cliffhanger, yeah, you know. Not maybe, a cliffhanger like, dun, dun, but a like, oh my god, what's gonna happen now, you know?
1: Maybe a Jeremy Renner will show up in it too and they can kill two birds with one stone.
0: They can't hear my head shaking, but trust me, it is.
1: Well, come on, man it's the, it's the it's the conclusion everyone's been waiting for. <laughs> Ruby, Ruby Cross, born ultimatum.
0: So, uh, you see, they're bringing back a uh, Voltron.
1: Yeah, I see. What Netflix original series, right? Yeah, I watched the first trailer. Yeah, looks, looks pretty fine. cool. Yeah, It looks decent. Yeah, I'm lions.
0: Way- Happy about that.
1: Yeah, they're they're doing uh, the the original a classic one, not the uh, not DiRuger fifteen. Yeah, but um, you know, I'm glad Netflix is actually taking on some of these more ambitious projects. You know, they have some exclusive rights to anime series. That the only way you can see them is on Netflix. Yeah, that's kind of cool yeah. that they're actually. the Thing is, you'd think oh, they're just doing their TV shows, but they're not. They're actually getting exclusive content that caters to a variety of different audiences Mm -hmm. and i think that's really cool yeah i don't really have any serious complaints about the netflix service to be honest i think the money is well worth it yeah um and the selection is pretty good i would like to see them get more high profile stuff Mm -hmm. it's not like they don't have the money well
0: it makes me wonder like um is it gonna gonna be uh is it a kid show Is Voltron going to be a kid show, or is Netflix going to grow it up a little bit and make it like?
1: Let me ask you a question: What do you think is the direction they should go with this revitalized Voltron? Should they make it a kid show? I
0: would like to see it in the vein of uh, I'll name a couple shows for you: Uh, Young Justice, uh, Tron Uprising. Uh, That's the kind of thing I want to see. Okay,
1: so what you want to see is you want to see a show that that caters specifically to an older audience's tastes, but is accessible to a younger audience yeah it doesn't i i i I think that's the best way to go about I don't
0: see it a need for it to be like completely grown up anime you know we don't need to go like Akira you know well right
1: there are, there are there there are characters that make sense to be Hydra agents <laughs> you know there are there are animes where that makes sense to do that yeah you know, but Voltron isn't one of them mm-hmm. Voltron it was always like you know monsters attacking the planet and they can't kill the monster until they form Voltron yeah. and then Draw the sword.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I always liked how the camera had to pan down to the feet roaring. Yeah, after Voltron, yeah, did his thing.
0: There were like there were. Who was the original? Would you say who was the original? Like combined to the form? combiner. Yeah, was, it Let wasn't Voltron? Think.
1: Did it predate? Did Devastator predate Voltron? I think he did. Really,
0: Transformers was the pioneer there.
1: I don't know if it was the Pioneer. Because there was like there a, was Mighty Orbots and I thought they combined too. Yeah, they did. And oh my- man,
0: I wish that show would come out on Man, DVD.
1: You know, what a great show. For it was only one season. That was very
0: like eighties anime
1: style. But, but it was but, an American
0: produced show. I was was weird about it.
1: Way, way ahead of its time. In yeah, my totally. Opinion.
0: Just one season. The like fact 13 that I can episodes.
1: remember Mighty Orbots. That's crazy. Nobody
0: does. I I've, I've you're the only person I've talked to. It was like you and then our buddy Travis. I've never run into anybody. I would always tell people, like, I used to catch this show on ABC and then, like, it disappeared, like, real fast, but it was called Mighty Orbots and it had, like, this great, great, just classic 80s anime styling, but it was an American produced show, so it had American produced voice. It was uh, Barry Gordon, the guy that's uh, Donatello in the 80s Turtles. Barry Gordon was the main character. And then all the other, uh, you know, the robots were known voice actors, like, great voice acting, but American voice acting. Not dubbed because it was an American produced show. And then it's like it disappeared. No one's ever heard of the thing. And I sat down with you guys that one day and I was like, you know, Mighty Orbits. And you both guys are like, oh, yeah, Mighty Orbots. We've heard of that. I'm like, don't talk to this in a cavalier voice like it's no big deal. No one's ever heard of the show that I've ever talked to. And you're like, all right, calm down. But
1: uh, my friend Scott, who posted that link on our from Facebook Japan. page tonight. From Japan. who we've never met. Yeah, right. He posted that uh, link tonight. I'll That's be- great. Yeah, I loved it, man. I watched the whole Cause thing. Cuz
0: you were you were uh we, we were just talking about that and I was uh and I yeah, I had a vague memory of what you were talking about when I saw that like it all came right back. I was like, "Oh yeah. Totally." That's crazy, but, man.
1: Yeah, but um uh he would remember it too because he's really good for that stuff. Like if you ever want to bring a guy on He ta- he listens to the show? Yeah. Scott There was a um, Oh, wait, don't talk to him like you know him. You've no, no, never no. no. Met him. Yeah, I've
0: never met him. I know, I know you're in Japan and I've never met you, but um, there was this thing, and I've told you about this before. It's this thing that me and Danyan caught on one of our sleepover nights in high school. It's the middle of the night. You might know where I'm going Completely with this.
1: Completely not gay sleepover. No, no, no.
0: No, totally uh, hetero. Yeah. Um, way hetero. You held hands, but it wasn't gay. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Um, but me and Danyan, one of these nights, it was like three in the morning, and we caught this thing where it was the Power Rangers, like before Power Rangers was even on in America. It was just the Power Rangers, but it was Japanese, but it was dubbed with like this hilarious. He knows
1: exactly what it is, and you know why? Because he brought it up to me once. I don't remember the name of it. Yeah, but but they're
0: like di- You know, they're doing their Power Rangers moves yep. dive diving and jumping around. And the Pink Ranger's like, oh, I'm getting all dirty, and like all the- it's just like. Yes, he knows it.
1: Yeah. I know he knows it because yeah. he bought videotapes of it when we went to um, comic book conventions. Yeah, he he knows it. Okay.
0: If he knows it or if you or if you or if you have it, I, I would love to see that again and Daniel would love to see that again for sure. And I'm sure you would too. It's probably fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's they're really funny. I just remember us like almost pissing ourselves at like three AM. We're like, What is this? What channel is this? What's going on? Why is this on? It was just like one of those things where you're just like, What is happening here? This is like one of the funniest things we'd ever seen. It was just and, and never saw it again. Couldn't figure out where it was or what, you know, what it was. But if if he knows what it is, man, yeah, post that shit on on, uh, Facebook or something, man. Or send us a tape. Do something.
1: Yeah. He'll contribute in some way at some point. I but I know he knows it. I'll reach out to him too at some point and ask him and he'll he'll be able to give me the name of it like in a heartbeat because he was the one that brought it up to me. Yeah. But uh, didn't the Power Rangers even have a combiner thing? Like
0: they had their vehicles and stuff eventually, and I thought I would I wanna say like they went the giant robot. I wasn't route a Power
1: Rangers point. guy. I mean by the me time neither, that was done I, I was way I, too old. Yeah.
0: But I know they didn't they have like their separate vehicles or something they didn't just like dive around and do ninja moves they like no, also... they did. i
1: thought they had a giant robot yeah, maybe, Me- yeah megazord
0: yeah there you go that's it
1: yeah do i know that yeah why you do
0: you know that i don't know you must have watched it I-,
1: I didn't watch it yeah. dude this show is not the show where i would be ashamed to admit <laughs> that i watched something like power rangers it's 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 a cultural touchstone for a lot of nerds yeah, but yeah. i just i think wa- you
0: had to be a little bit older than us you know, you're younger. I mean, you gotta yeah. be a little well, bit younger. We I, I, might have been a little too old.
1: I, I kind of thought the live action shit was a little cheesy. It just wasn't my thing. I preferred animated. No, well, you know. the one
0: thing I definitely remember from that show was Amy Jo Johnson. Mm. Oh my goodness!
1: You know what I remember? Balkan Skull. Maybe oh like, yeah, those two, uh, the, the two the, dudes, the, yeah. the two
0: school bullies
1: yeah. that were just like complete thugs. I mean, I caught an episode, not again. Yeah. They were so now bad. Now that you're
0: talking about it, like, the shit's coming back to me. Like, oh, yeah, I did, I do remember that shit like yeah. that. The Megazord. The, and uh, the, it was uh, that uh, the dude that looked like Dr. Evil was their
1: leader. Right. The floating head. And Rita Repulsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, honestly, in But fairness, they're making that new movie now. That's why I know her name is because there was some controversy over who they cast to play her. Who's it? I don't know who it is. I want to say it's Charlize Theron, the funcaster to play everything, but you know it's probably not. No, no, no. It's you know, uh, we should use our internets once in a while. Like you know, we should do some fact checking. No, it's. With it. uh, but I just don't care enough.
0: No, but I know what you're talking about because I read the story. It was uh, the blonde girl from uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. Oh, yeah,
1: she was also um, she was also uh, Betty Brandt in Spider Man yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I know who exactly. What's her name? And fucking she was the she's the the girl from the the woman from the Hunger Games that like brings them to the yeah! city. Yeah. It's her. Why well, can't I remember
0: her name? I can't either. It don't matter. What matters is she's re- what's the people's problem with her?
1: Uh, I believe that the argument is that she's not the, Asian. The original actress is, was either she was either Asian or Latina so they wanted somebody Oh, the to
0: a- the now. ancient one in um um in uh Doctor Strange isn't Asian either so everybody's just Yeah, well no, the
1: in the ancient one the original Doctor Strange is a shriveled up old Chinese dude or Asian yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in the movie it's Tilda Swinton. Yeah. And that's okay. Like a British a bald British woman living in the mountains. Cuz the ancient one can be anything. But god forbid you cast a white woman as Rita Repulsa.
0: <laughs> There's a double standard going on here, man.
1: Yeah, but you know what? I'm so exhausted of that whole topic. Yeah, that's
0: We are trying to figure out all the combiners that exist in the world. Devastator and...
1: You know what? I have this amazing thing called a cell phone, and while we talk, I'm going to research that. Oh, okay. So, well, talk. Say something. Entertain me. No. I refuse. Then you're not getting paid. (laughs) Yeah, new Voltron.
0: That seems uh, pretty good. I watched enough of the old one to like... uh, It was like uh, the the revitalization of He-Man... And the revitalization of Thundercats, it's like I watched enough of the old series, or I wasn't like a huge fan, but when the new ones came out, I was like, oh, exciting, cool. Those characters from those like semi poorly executed shows done in a like modern animated, well told story mm-hmm. style. I, I look forward to stuff like that. So, Voltron, same thing, you know.
1: On, uh, on TV tropes, Voltron is the image for the combining mecha. Okay. Do they have a list, though? I'm checking it out right now. Checking it twice? I know where this goes.
0: <laughs> Glad you caught that.
1: It says here, Super Sentai and therefore Power Rangers, 35 years of the former and 20 years of the latter. So they're the original? I don't know, honestly. Oh, wow. They're, just, they're citing them as an example. Groups of vehicles to giant robots... Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I
0: mean, well, Transformers alone had like how many? You know, I mean, Devastator was the original, well, had, but then like Bruticus, and, yeah, Bruticus and uh, Menasor. What did the um, the Stunicons were Menasor, the Combaticons were Bruticus, the aerial the aerial were Superior, uh, Superior, and then the Protectobots uh, became um, um, Defensor, and then there were others that I'm for, Oh, uh, the Technobots, Computron and uh, the Terracons became abominous, and, uh, yeah, there's, like, a whole bunch of them. And then, uh, yeah, Voltron and
1: uh, Power Rangers, there's a lot of them. Looking forward to it. Combining Mecha and merging machines. so apparently there's two different to- tropes. No. Oh. I don't know. Anyway. Who cares? Yeah. It's I'm not- just excited about Voltron. Yeah. I had my first attempt at using the internet to fact-check, and it was a bitter failure. So but- why bother? But not because I did it wrong. It's because I didn't care enough to really right. look into it. Because it's not fucking it's important. That's true. It doesn't matter. Voltron is Now, okay. a Hydra agent.
0: Now if, you <laughs> <laughs> now, if you remember, I started this by saying uh, I'm upset about a thing. As upset as you are about uh, Captain America, Agent of Hydra. And then we got sidetracked.
1: Is Goku an agent of Hydra? No. No, thank oh, God. Oh, by the way, hasn't happened you yet. should look into the memes for the Cap Hydra thing.
0: I will. There's, a, cause we, there's we made one up. Yeah? We're going to post it later on.
1: We are. Yeah. Um, uh, but we're not going to tell you what it is. You yeah, just have to wait it, to yeah. see it. Go You'll to our see. Facebook page yeah. or whatever. By the time this airs, it'll but, probably be. But uh, the, the meme is like people taking that last image of Cap saying Hail Hydra, and they're putting in their own sayings <laughs> in the word balloon. Okay. But the funniest ones that I've seen aren't even Cap. It's Daredevil posing in the same way and he's saying i could see the whole time <laughs> nice. and spider-man saying fuck responsibility <laughs> oh my god or like i just farted oh. stuff like that oh, like people are just can't. really going crazy with it because they know the whole thing's fucking stupid It yeah. deserves to be ridiculed i'm
0: gonna have to look that up and yeah. uh, and see what's going on i think the daredevil
1: i could see the whole time is probably my favorite one yeah that's a good one um but the so thing the what's thing, got uh, you what's got you all um, angry it's it's a
0: real it happened it finally happened i'm not making this up
1: you've been a father for a few years now
0: <laughs> no this is, there's nothing
1: to be angry about this,
0: no, no no this is the thing metal gear the pachinko oh
1: metal gear solid three snake eater the pachinko yep i uh, only what ha- the hell konami what the hell did you really expect them to do otherwise it's fucking Konami. They make a habit out of kicking you in the dick for liking their shit. Yeah, but after
0: like the SNK turnabout, I thought maybe they would like realize you know everybody's starting to realize, like we talked about, it, everybody's starting to realize that it's not what it's cracked up to be. It's not making the money that they, everybody thought it was going to make. Maybe we should have stuck with video games, and people are starting to well,
1: turn coat and go back to their roots, and Konami's just like, nope,'re sticking to our guns. Konami is doing what Marvel does with the sensationalism. They release a pachinko machine, and when that one starts to peter out, they're just going to release another one. Me personally, I don't see the fucking point. Pachinko is pachinko. Is
0: anyone? When I choose a pachinko machine, I want it to be themed and specifically themed as a a video game that I grew up with.
1: Yeah, because yeah, that that's what I want to do. Any other pachinko machine, I walk right by that shit, right, just to go to the solid snake. Look, Metal Gear Pachinko. I, I, you know, it's the only way you fucking line up your quarters, your yen, all up and down the sides. So nobody else can Castlevania, Pachinko,
0: a Silent Hill, Pachinko, a Silent Hill, Metal Gear. Those things
1: existed. Yep. Well, SNK's characters have been suffering. They've been, they've been in the purgatory known as Pachinko machines for a long time. So, you know, man, now you're feeling my pain, but you know, my characters are climbing out of it. Um, Not mine. You know, uh, I don't pachinko. think. Pachinko. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, hit the lever. Uh, <laughs> Snake, you have to hit the lever. Hit the lever? No. Hit the lever! That the is Colonel fucking... scissor the 61. Kernel. Oh, you can mix that in with the scissor 61 and it would fit perfectly. Was... I need scissor 61. Hit the lever! <laughs>
0: the colonel, <kernel. laughs> a codec conversation with the colonel saying, Hit the lever to Solid Snake. It's brilliant, it's brilliant. Uh, th- You know what though We're joking about it The pachinko machine Probably has it Yeah know? It probably has like A codec thing When you I don't know how Pachinko works But Right Probably when you Do hit, hit a When you hit Or whatever happens what,
1: <laughs> what David Hader Thinks of all this
0: He doesn't give a shit anymore He's oh. like I'm done They didn't want me I didn't give a fuck About them
1: Yeah Well I'll bet you anything If they do another Metal Gear game His name will be On the list to hire Cause you know When they do it Konami's gonna be like We wanna make sure That you know we're we don't piss the off the fans. Yeah. Let's let's do things that will make the fans feel good up front. Kind of like casting Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime and a Michael Bay Transformers. I mean, the idea is to like get that initial positive buzz, and then you can shit all over them later. And Take s- a dump on their bare chests. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, I, I'm listening to the sentence progress. <laughs> and then it, when it ended, with on the chest. I was like, one step too far never too far, man. Not for the greatest <laughs> podcast in the world. Speaking of uh, wanting to get the fans back in your good graces, Paramount. Axanar. Um The end of the lawsuit at the behest of Justin Lin, who yeah. probably said, look, I don't want these people all pissed off at you when my movie's about to come out.
1: Justin Lin and J.J. Abrams both kind of like took... Paramount yeah. to task over it. Yeah. It's just weird JJ J. Abrams even coming out and saying anything considering he's Mr. Star Wars now. Mm-hmm. But I guess Bad Robot is still involved. Yeah, yeah. I think they're Star- still
0: like executive producing that all you know, they're it's still their thing. He just, you know, he, I'm like, I'm busy doing Star Wars. You direct yeah. it. I'm Because you know- your experience with the stunt car movies has certainly prepared you for the science fiction mm-hmm. thought the thoughtful science fiction of uh, of Star Trek
1: felt to me like it was pretty much perfect hiring for the director. Like you know, when I when I think of Star Trek, I think of Vin Diesel. Yeah, driving cars. Well, they
0: were asking, uh, you know, they were asking somebody, you know, like uh, although Vin get... Diesel
1: in a Star Trek movie would be, I'd be fine with that because okay. he's a genre fan. In fact, mm-hmm. the dude, fucking plays Dungeons and Dragons on set between takes
0: and sells. Uh... Fi- uh, uh, action figures in the 80s Did you ever see that YouTube video of him when he was real young Someone yeah. like pilfering action figures At a con somewhere It's insanity yeah.
1: um, see, Now he has a car you can drive away with him Really fast Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah Somebody to direct Who did you get to direct the Star Trek movie? Well for a while uh, it was um, which I don't know which one of them Roberto Orsi or Alex Kurtzman One of those two was going to direct it That would have been a treat And then uh, that ended, to the uh, to the relief of fans like myself. (laughs) Um, But then got picked up by Justin Lin. Now, uh, you know, is he a competent director? Uh, You know, I haven't really seen the Fast and the Furious movie, so I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, I know he can direct action, which you know Star Trek has become. So maybe he's a good
1: fit. You know. Well, here's what I'm going to say about it: Justin Lin being hired to direct this movie, it's an opportunity for. Somebody to do something truly fresh and new yeah. with Star Trek that you don't know. What if the guy is a super fan? Yeah. What if the guy does want to return it back to its roots? Mm-hmm. But he wants to give a completely new perspective on it. I'm okay with that. Yeah,
0: I, I joke because I saw the trailer. You know mm-hmm. and the, well, the first you saw the second one too though, right yeah, the second trailer made it look slightly less yeah. horrible, if, but yeah yeah I mean, the trailers yeah, you know, not enough to go on, I guess who knows how um it.
1: I will say this I have every belief that this will probably be the best of the three movies
0: well, I tend to believe that because this time it's not written by those two guys, and in fact, it's written by Simon Pegg. Who we know is a
1: isn't that crazy? Simon Pegg wrote this, and mm-hmm. he's a big genre fan, yeah, massive genre. Fan. So
0: I have like good, like hope that maybe this time you know those guys aren't involved, and Simon Pegg is. There's two pluses right there. I don't know how Justin Lin's going to be, but you know whatever. Good for Simon. Pegg. Could it could Did it be worse? Yeah, could it be worse than J.J. J. Abrams? You know, I mean, let's really let's be realistic here. Could it be any worse? No, it couldn't. Because I mean, you know, I'll be able to see what's going on on the bridge without all those lens flares blinding me. You know, although he toned that down a lot in Star Wars. Yeah,
1: with J.J. Abrams, like I said before, the guy's a fucking hack. Visually, he's got some chops, but other than that, not impressive.
0: There's too many directors like that. We're like, visually,
1: he's you know, it's Zack Snyder. Snyder. There you go. I would say I enjoy J.J. Abrams' movies more than I enjoy Zack Snyder's movies. I like Three Hundred. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. I love the Dawn of the Dead remake and I love 300. So the best Zack Snyder films are better than the best J.J. J. Abrams films in my opinion. Hmm. But um uh, but J. there's J. a flip Ab- side to that coin. Yeah.
0: And it's called Batman v. Superman. Yep. Which And there's me, a third side to that coin somehow. <laughs>
1: that's called Man of Steel. <laughs> it's a three-sided coin. <laughs> that's weird. J.J. J. Abrams like it seems like all when he's handling an existing license, he either just cleverly remakes it. Or he doesn't pay any attention to it. In fact, he probably borrows scripts from other movies and just scratches out everything else and puts, like, this is Captain Kirk. <laughs> this is Mr. Spock. I'm going to flip flop these two. Yep. Apple Store. I'm going to shoot the whole, all the bridge sequences in an Apple Store. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, you know. The guy's and- been waiting for 30 years because. It doesn't matter. I told you before. That's I think how Kurtzman and Orsi would write their movies is they just like they write set pieces on note cards and then put them up on a board.
1: No, you said that Zack Snyder did this, but Kurtzman and Orsi probably all these know.
0: guys that are like lazy writers they just write set pieces on note cards. That's what it, that's like the impression I get. A bunch of set pieces written on note cards and then shallow lines connecting them. You know, I want all these things to happen. And uh, your job is to write all the shit in between. I've written all these set pieces. I want these all in my movie. Yeah. Write a story, man. Well, Then let the set pieces fall into place. Listen to some music. Take some time. Get inspired. Don't just think about the green papers.
1: The green think, papers. Think so- about a good story. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you mentioned you know, thinking about the story because do you believe that the original series was ever written to be sensational, or do you believe it was written to be provocative? It's provocative. It's thought provoking. Yeah. The original series, the heart the, the heart of hardest. They Star weren't Trek, writing, yeah, they weren't writing it for even, headlines. Right, and even even the next generation, I'd argue that too. Even, in fact, all the series. You imagine,
0: imagine a show like as as push button, hot button as Star Trek was. They were always like dealing with right. the hot topics, but in a Star Trek spin. Well, the whole idea was to imagine re- if the, a show like that was on now. Like, what would happen? The internet would explode. Oh, they're totally just, you know, oh, the the black and white guys, and then the other guys white and black. Oh, they're totally, like, it just, that's not why, you know, you missed the point.
1: Yeah, but, like, the original show is just, like, it's very, it's meant to provoke thought, which means that the plots... Think about... They're not always until, like, the idea of an Earth where the Nazis won World War II, for example... It's a pretty stupid idea for a science fiction premise, but the whole point is the, prov- the, the provocation of thought from the idea of the Nazis winning World War II and the cautionary aspects of that, of how our world will be very different yeah. and why we need to remember how dangerous totalitarianism is. That's the point. There, they could have done any number of allegories, but he just chose to do it direct. Think about this. like, do not your intelligence feel a little insulted Whenever they create some fictitious race or fictitious culture, that is a thinly veiled allegory of something that exists right now. Oh yeah, just do a time travel story where you use the actual identity. Yeah, and just tell that story. Mm-hmm. Like the original show was thought provoking; it's provocative. And The new, you know, the new stuff right now—it's it's like you said—it's all about establishing set pieces mm-hmm. and just plug in whatever story in between to bridge the gaps. Yep. It's pretty bad. Any of the
0: yeah, any of the bad movies you've seen lately? You know that just seems to be like a, a running theme in in Hollywood, and it's 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 just frustrating because you and I both know we've both written and we've both been inspired by, you know, various things. A lot of times it's music. You know, a lot music of times is a big source of yeah, inspiration for me. You know, and I think a lot of these guys just need to sit down and
1: listen to some music and
0: you know get inspired.
1: Well, in fairness, I know that we could spend a lot of time shitting on them, and we should, but. Also, we have to recognize that what are these guys' jobs? It's like the Marvel Comics discussion we had during the live stream. These guys' jobs are not to tell a story, even though they're, they're, they're playwrights, they write for screenplays. Their job is to make the studio money. And the studio is believes that they're going to make money by making a movie of set pieces. Mm-hmm. That people will walk out of the theater believing that they had a good time. It's the Marvel Iron Man 3 thing. Send them out laughing. Send yeah. them out thinking they just saw a really funny movie. Then they'll tell everyone it's really good, yeah. and people won't question how poorly structured it, that film really is. Like that—that's the. So they're not—they're not telling a story. They're not auteurs. They're—they're they're Hollywood screenplay writers, and a Hollywood screenplay writers' purpose is to make money. Not the sad part
0: is, it's kind of working a little bit. Like people are seeing these movies, they're making money. You know, it's like frustrating.
1: It's not a new story, which is ironic that I use the term story because if you think about it, storytelling is an art form and art should inspire, educate, and inform but somehow the business machines of the world have found a way to take something that is meant to cultivate thought and grow us as a people, grow our conscience or consciousness I should say. Um, and they found a way to use it to dumb people down. Mm-hmm. It's like they've inverted the purpose of it, That's or the what I end say, result of it. Like you know, instead of going to see a movie and it making you smarter, you go to a movie and it makes you dumber. And what I mean by it makes you dumber is see, Iron, Man, Iron Man Three is always the movie I will go yeah, to. Yeah. That's for true. Example, like. You know, you're gonna laugh a lot at the jokes in that movie and you're gonna walk out believing you just saw a good movie because you were entertained. Mm-hmm. But the room's entertaining. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. not good. That's good. And, good comparison. And I'll watch the room fucking twenty times before I watch Iron Man Three ever again. Yeah.
0: It's like entertaining for the wrong reasons.
1: You know, but but that's the thing, is like they're they're pulling the wool over people's eyes. Just yeah. make people believe they saw something good. And they'll want to see it again, and they'll want to buy the Blu ray, and they'll want to see the next one, yeah, which is the exact opposite of the intended purpose of art. But again, I understand the way that economics works, and there are people that have found a way to monetize creativity. Yeah, no.
0: it's a shame. Yeah, that's why I say thank goodness for stuff like Star Trek continues, where I just watched. Episode six, I think, just came out this week. Yeah, I need to watch it. St- and I need to watch it still. it's It was like so good, man. It's so compelling. And like the issue, I won't tell you what it is because it'll kind of spoil the episode, but the issue that it tackles is like, how cool is that, man? You know, like what you end up finding out, like what it's actually, what the episode's actually about. It's like, oh, how cool is that, man? It's just like so thought provoking. It's so, wow, man. This is like, this is original Trek, man. This is totally like, ah, oh, it's so. So good. Yeah, the one that just came out this week is like one of the best episodes so far. It was very, very good, man.
1: I'll tell you the secret to that success. It's passion. Yeah, totally. The creators care about what they're doing. My wife told me the other day, um, and she said it to me again in text. She's like, you know, you have this really good gift for using your critical voice to – To cut to the heart of something and see whether or not it's bad or good and explain why. It's more difficult for me to talk about it. Generally, I'm better at writing these things down and then when I read it, go through the process of cleaning up the clutter. But it's because I have passion for that. It's because if I criticize bad man v. stupid man, it's because... I hate I hate the fact that it's so bad yeah. because I want it to be good.
0: We care about the source material. That's what's – like things can be bad. There can be bad movies. I mean I don't care about bad movies. What I care about is when something I love is made bad by somebody I'm, who doesn't understand it.
1: And I'm not a raging source material Hydra agent. I'm not. Um, But I want it to resemble the thing that I'm going to see it for. Right. I, want it, I don't want it to just be characters dressed up like Batman and Superman. I want it to feel like Batman and Superman. Those characters don't feel like Batman and Superman to me. I never That's even saw
0: issue. Dragon Ball Evolution. Never saw it.
1: You never had to. Yeah. You know, it, It's okay if something takes a few liberties here and there. I get that. Sometimes things don't adapt perfectly to a live medium. You know? What frustrated me
0: is that the dude who made that movie um, introduced like some original characters. In the movie, and I was like really that's the worst really man. in in all of dret Dragon Ball like you there can't wasn't enough characters for you to pick from to put in your movie
1: would have although you know what let 's say this, not adapting some of those characters did them a favor No. it means they didn't have to get fucked up on the big screen yeah. and again, I get it you know, I watch Game of Thrones and i 'm a big fan of the novel series, and I'm a big fan of the lore and the mythology behind it. I love all the background shit Martin puts out for it um and that's an adaptation. There's shit that's missing. There's characters that's missing. There's entire plot lines that are missing. Yeah. But they find a way to maintain its entertainment value. It's still an engaging show. Yeah. And it still mostly feels like Game of Thrones, even though it's not nearly as good as the books. Mm-hmm. Or the Berserk animes, for example. Mm. You know, I wouldn't call them good, but I enjoyed watching them. Yeah. You know, and when I say good, what I mean is they're not good adaptations of the source material, but I feel like guts is relatively well captured. I feel like the characters are relatively well captured. I just don't like all the emissions.
0: Yeah, I was about to like disagree and be like, oh, I thought it was really good, but you're talking about the difference between. Yeah, I'm
1: talking about the, I'm talking about respecting the source, not yeah. necessarily being good on its own. The fact that, the fact that they're still good on their own is their own thing. Yeah shows you that it doesn't have to be exactly like the source material, but it has to resemble the source material, you know, and that's passion. Mm-hmm. And passion doesn't exist in Hollywood. When you get a passion project, watch a James Cameron movie. I know I keep bringing his name up. His that guy's a fucking passionate director. Yeah. Just watched Aliens with my wife like a month ago or maybe like three weeks ago, and it's such a passionately directed movie because he cares about the story he's trying to tell. Mm-hmm. You feel it. You sense it. Every James Cameron movie feels that way. Yeah. If He treats it like it's the most important story that anyone's ever going to tell.
0: And that's a weird like movie that I like of his, um, True Lies.
1: That's the one I'm not really a big fan of. Yeah, it's strange.
0: I, I actually like that one because it just because it's like almost has like a comedy edge to it. Yeah. That's probably why I like it so much.
1: It's a really unusual movie in his for him in especially his filmography. Yeah. very strange because it feels like a very typical Arnold movie. <laughs> but when you watch it, it's like the best Arnold action movie ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like because it's James Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> well, even even when he's doing like an 80s era action film. Yeah. It feels like it's important. It's because he has passion for it. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his, intention is to, his intention is to find a proper medium between making money and telling a good story. He's the kind of guy that's like, you know what? I can make money by telling a good story. And more of these people need to adopt this mindset. Everybody can have their cake and eat it too. You can make money by telling a good story. You know, not everyone has to be a Hydra agent. But they won 't because that's too the, hard the movies are making money it's, it's, why bother it's 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 like you said it's lazy if the movies if things are making money, why actually put any effort into doing anything
0: Batman v Superman made money, maybe not as much as the studio would have liked, but it made money you yeah. know and now like. The directors are dropping out in in uh, droves man well I mean, no, Wonder is, Woman lost its director and aquaman well and Wonder Woman was
1: now flash wait, Wonder Woman was in the middle of shooting. the director walked away
0: yeah well no, no, like before it even started shooting, oh like, okay, so the guy it switched it switched directors once and now flash and aquaman oh well, they're all
1: flash like, got a new director, yeah yeah, I but just heard this that. just happened,
0: yeah but the point is people are seeing which way the wind's blown with the d c
1: universe, and they're like, i don't know fuck that yeah. Why, yeah, why stick around if this is how it's going to be yeah. But now that they've got Jeff Johns And they're on the creative side of things with DC Who knows maybe, maybe. His promise is that they're going to bring like, hope And um, optimism back into and DC maybe like a laugh Can I laugh like one time And
0: not because I'm laughing at the movie
1: Well you know the DC Comics Rebirth just launched Hmm. Where they got rid of like the new fifty two and like they've reset everything sort of again. Oh, so now we, it's the new New Fifty Two? Well, sort of. It's it's like everything's sort of gone back to how it was before the new fifty two. But not completely. It's just like it's an updated. Superman's version. a Hydra agent. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at this point. In fact, it'd be funny if you saw like the same pose where he said that. <laughs> or if he was just in that pose saying, Fuck Captain America. <laughs> Just because you're like like kind of kind of proving that it's stupid that or Batman. Hail Hydra. Yeah. Wonder Woman. (laughs) The Flash saying it really fast, like 50 billion times. But uh, uh, it's so dumb. But apparently they're like they're going back with that now. So hopefully the hope and optimism thing isn't just something, hopefully it's not just the thing to make us feel good right now, you know, like casting Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime. Hopefully it's not just something that is designed to instill confidence in a flagging audience, you know, or an audience is flagging interest. Yeah. You know, who can say, although I do think that the audience is flagging. Thing is a lot of um, the idea that people are not going to go see the next DC universe movie. Suicide squad is going to make money. Yeah. It's going to make money. People are going to go see it. Superheroes. Well, plus are... Batman's in it. So yeah. if, if
0: for no other reason, you know, well, Batman's in it.
1: Superheroes are still a big deal. It's weird. It's weird to me.
0: Yeah. Who'd ever thought, like, when we grew up, the shit we liked would be, like, the most it just goes to show you that we're right. We were right the, the whole big time. big middle finger to all the people who beat us up in high school because we were into this shit. Yep. Now we're doing this. All the people who made fun of us for listening to video game soundtracks, which did happen to me. That happened to me on several occasions when I was younger. People I never got like, made fun of, but there'd be a situation where we you'd be listening to music and uh I'd be like, Oh, that'd make like a good this would sound good, like good video game soundtrack, you know. And then later on somebody would be like, Oh yeah, we were listening to this the other day and Ray was like, That'd make a good video game soundtrack. <laughs> yeah typical
1: yeah it makes you feel like your your uh, appreciation for something is invalidated yeah. to some i'm wrong
0: because yeah it's I weird. Guess i'm because everybody because I because, like yeah this. it's it's weird to everybody in the room so i'm wrong let me tell you something you people listening right now don't ever let people do that to you man it, no matter how many people tell you you're wrong be into what you're into man it doesn't matter what it is i'm talking about everything i'm just making a generalization here it's yeah. fucking true man whatever you're into be into it, man. Who cares? Who cares? If, if, if a room full of people are telling you you're wrong, you're not wrong. They're wrong. Because Unless you're into hero. like murder.
1: Well, yeah, murder, like you know, or if you're a nambler or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, like that's wrong. Don't yeah, do that. Don't do that. Don't do murder. Don't do nambler. Don't be I'm, raping people. I'm, you know, I'm
0: talking more about stuff like anime and like and, you know. yeah, like nerd. See now, and video games are like mainstream now. So like you know, if you're into video games, it's cool now. Well, you know, it's cool to be into video games, but like when we were growing up, it wasn't. You let's, know,
1: let's talk about that. Like. Video, when people say video games are popular now, we're talking about mobile games and military gray first-person shooters. Yeah. The, the people ty- play video games. Yes. Yeah, right, they do. The you're, type you're of games that we like, people like them because of their retro appeal now. Like, now but, people like Mario now, but they don't understand why it's good.
0: Yeah, well, it, back then when you played NES, NES was a kid's toy. Yeah. So I was in high school. And you know, I was. Yeah, I and gotta, Nintendo
1: marketed as a toy. They yeah, didn't market it right, as a video game system right,
0: because they didn't want to be associated with the '80s right, crash. The so crash, that, like yeah. it's a, it's an entertainment system for right. children or you know whatever. But the point is, you know, I got chastised for that sort of thing, and you know, told I was wrong, and it, I wasn't. I was never wrong. Everybody, yeah. everybody, you know,
1: everybody would say, "You're wrong. You're wrong. Don't be wrong. Follow your passion." Exactly. If you love it and it's not murder or raping people, yeah. then do it. Exactly. You know, and as long as long as you don't hurt yourself or anybody else, right? Do it. Yeah. You know, as long as you're not taking advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. You know, don't like I what you bel- like. I I
0: was told I was wrong my whole life. Spent a lot of my life like thinking I wasn't as good as other people because I was too dumb to realize that they were all wrong the whole time, and I was right. I mean, it may sound like I'm being arrogant and patting myself on the back. No, it's fucking true, man. If if you think you're right, chances are you, you're probably you're probably on the right You know track. what's best for you yeah, yeah. is what it comes down right. to. It. Yeah, exactly. You don't, have to,
1: you don't have to live in those other people's skins. Like You don't have to live. When you go home at night, those people aren't there. You're with yourself. Yeah. Do you want to be the kind of person that's going to go home and be enthusiastic about the things you enjoy, or do you want to be the kind of person – who has become so weathered and beaten down by your day's experiences that when you get home, you look at those things and their value is now diminished because other people have influenced you yeah. to the point where you don't appreciate them as you once did. Don't let yourself be conditioned yeah. by that. Nobody don't knows let society what, grind you down. Nobody
0: knows what's best for you. You know, people will think they do for sure. That'll happen to you a lot. You know, people will be like, "Well." You know, you need to, you need the, how many times did you hear, you know, you need to be doing, or you need to stop doing or you need to, you don't know what I need to be doing. Exactly. But I spent a lot of my youth thinking they were right, you know, and doing the things that maybe, you know, maybe, you know,
1: enough of these people are saying this, maybe they're right. No, they weren't. Now, keep in mind that this is like typical, the typical oppressed nerd story. Like every nerd tells the story. Sure. um, Keep in mind that if you want to be a part of society, in any respect, there is some conformity that has to occur. We're a societal culture. If you want to go into the world and get a certain job, you have to conduct yourself in a certain way. That kind of thing, you have to dress a certain way. Depending upon what circles you want to be a part of, you can't just go out there and be a raging individual and expect to get anywhere unless you're truly special. You'll either have to cut your own path To success, or you'll have to just accept the ridicule that goes along with being an individual. Because Mm. if you're an individual, you will get pounded down because people don't like individuality. They find it uncomfortable. (laughs) It's difficult to control and it's impossible to understand. Mm. Meanwhile, everyone wants to believe they're an individual, but they're really just a part of the collective. So, you know, in order for you to function within a societal culture, there is some social conformity that has to occur. So I guess what I'm really trying to say here in, in simpler terms is don't goon. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Don't well, goon I people. mean, this podcast is, like, the
0: ultimate representation of what we're talking about. It's like, do you think we're under any illusion that, you know, we're going to get lots of listeners by talking about Dragon Ball Z and Star Trek and all this stuff,
1: you know? We could if we, if we found the right way to market it. But the point is, that's not why we're doing it. Right. And we're not really... We're not really doing it for that reason. We're doing it because we like talking about. We it. just like passion talking about this there. stuff.
0: That's what we like to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. So we're you know, we didn't sit down and say, "Well, let's make a podcast people will listen to." You know,
1: passion is the stuff of dreams. What podcast
0: would that be if we decided to say, "Well, let's make a podcast people are going to actually listen to"?
1: Well, that would be Hollywood.
0: Make the Hollywood podcast. The
1: Hollywood podcast. You know, what are we? What we can, love every movie. <laughs> what can we
0: do? They're all great. What was that one with Johnny Depp that just came out?
1: That's a good one. I like that movie. Johnny Depp is such a good actor. He, gave, he plays so many characters. It's so wacky. It's too bad that he's getting a divorce. You know, like, it, it's just, it's that's the Hollywood thing, though. Like, you know, we can make a podcast specifically to be popular. Yeah. Wouldn't even be hard to do yeah. because society has conditioned people to just respond to certain things. All we have to do is talk about the things that people respond to. Yeah. But we don't do that.
0: We're going to do a podcast about uh, the that gorilla that got shot. Yeah, people respond to that for some yeah.
1: reason. Yeah, you
0: know. we're going to do a podcast about Captain America,
1: a- Hydra. Oh wait, we already did that. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> we're hacks. <laughs> Me, us I mean, and JJ Abrams. A uh, whole conversation and. <laughs> well, maybe now we can get jobs at Bad Robot. Hell yeah, I'd do that.
0: Yeah, I sh- I could write for Bad Robot. Are you kidding? It was, Damn sight better than Kurtzman and Orsi ever. I could write something better than I that. I
1: believe that I read Sasuke stories. Way yeah. better, yeah, way yeah. better than anything those two hacks ever wrote. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Fucking assholes. That's from. Uh, remember, remember that episode we were talking about. Uh, that was playing, one of my role was, playing speak, stuff.
1: Speaking of like clip show moments, I like talking about yeah. the the samurai game. Talking yeah. about role playing, like that yeah. particular that's fun clip was. Really Other people good.
0: did too. People responded to that, and yeah, yeah. they thought it was pretty cool. So. I didn't think so too. I I didn't think so either when we were talking about. it. I'm like nobody's there's nobody tuned into this. Nobody's left, but there were. They, and and not only were they tuned in, but they were like, "This is cool. You know, I'd yep. like to hear more about it." But we're not going to tell you.
1: How did we get on this topic? Too bad.
0: Um, uh, the uh, Paramount ending the. Uh, oh par- yeah, that's right. Because the passion.
1: A- we got into yep. the passion thing, and then it yep. put us on a passion diatribe. Yeah. Um yeah, well, we talk,
0: yeah, we talked about uh, anime, and we talked about the uh, yeah, the yeah, but area.
1: the but the X in our thing. I mean, what are your what are your thoughts about? I mean, I guess what are your thoughts? Oh, cool. About I mean, them?
0: it's it's cool. I mean, I I don't know that um, the intentions were like you know, you know what I mean. Like the intentions weren't like uh, a sincere like let's back off from this this fan production and and leave, <laughs> just leave them alone. They're not hurting anybody. I think it was more of a. You know, Paramount. well, I don't want people pissed off at us when our movie's coming out. Yeah. You know, I want the Star Trek fans to be in a, in a happy place for you know yeah. when this movie comes out. I also um, maybe not. Maybe I'm well, wrong, but you know, I have a cynical look at the world. So I,
1: I think that Justin Lin and J.J. Abrams actually did it very smart. Right yeah. now, superhero movies are really hard to compete with. Yeah. And they want their movie to be well received, and they don't want it to look like the studio is falling apart internally, and they don't want it to look like this production is being handled by a bunch of greedy corporate lawyers. Mm -hmm. Although it is being handled by a bunch of greedy corporate lawyers, remember.
0: (laughs) But we don't want it to look like that. We don't.
1: We want again. It's all about hoodwinking people. Yeah. Not that JJ Abrams and Justin Lin are necessarily bad people that are trying to hoodwink people, but these things, movie trailers. Can carry a very large um, aura of negativity. It can like make, Ghostbusters? Well, the Ghostbusters trailer, <laughs> you know, which of course the damage. The controls. most hated
0: trailer ever in YouTube history. And if Whatever. you hated it, you're an awful person. Right.
1: You yeah. can't just dislike it. You know, the angry video game nerd didn't like it. He, he said he's not going to review it, so apparently he just hates women.
0: It's not for you. That's, it's not for you, critics. Yeah. Remember that Penny Arcade cartoon? Yep. It's not for you, critics. Yep. How much does that weigh? Ham. <laughs> See, that's not for you.
1: <laughs> Where is that going with this? Um, oh, th- th- I think it's all about presenting a positive public image, right? You know, and suing people that are making a fan production when you're about to release a movie based on the parent might be IP, bad. Might be a bad thing to yeah. do. But again, Justin Lin and JJ J. Abrams may legitimately feel that way. Yeah, but we'll never know the what fact their that true they actually are. The fact that they actually challenged Paramount on it in such an open public
0: place—yeah, they announced it like at the what is it, Star, Trek Star Trek fan convention, con, or something. yeah, the fiftieth con or whatever. Yeah.
1: But I mean, they—the fact that they challenged Paramount openly on it indicates that you know there are definitely multiple mindsets going on there. That's so Justin Lin and J.J. Abrams—they're creators, so they're going to advocate for creators, and I think that's a good thing. They should advocate for creators. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, the, we've established that the guy doing the fan production is a douche who like went after Vic Mignogna and everything but yeah. you know good for him that his productions no longer up in the air I'd like to see it I you know I like Star Trek fandom you know I mean Star Trek Continues actually got me wanting to watch more of it I have yet to find anything that has compelled me as much as Star Trek Continues but there's
1: some fucking incredible fan fan film work out there nah. Star Wars has got a shit
0: to No yeah well yeah I mean shit that's going back to uh Troops, yeah, which and, actually
1: uh, became like a real thing. Like you know, Lucasfilm actually recognized it, and I think they've actually put it on some of their Blu-rays. they put it on oh, the Blu-ray? Really? They put. I think they I thought they put Troops in the Blu-ray collection. Nah, that's cool. As part of their, Um extras. what was the
0: original one? Hardware Wars, right? That'd be like the first fan film, probably.
1: Was it the original one?
0: I can't think of one before it. If you can, I loved it.
1: Hardware Wars. I, I don't yeah. know. I'm sure there have been others before <laughs> that. <then, but>, Doggy. <laughs> I don't what understand he what saying. you're saying. I can't understand what you're saying. I don't understand what he's saying.
0: Our of basketballs. peaceful. We have no weapons.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: go on. I'll
1: be fine, you martyr. Wow. Gosh. Golly. Shakes his head. Golly gee willikers. No, I'm like, he just looks at the camera and he does this like weird expression, like a, like a weird like, one eyebrow up, just he's so annoyed at Fluke Starbucker swinging the flashlight hey, there's around. There's a Fluke Starbucker and ham salad. Ham salad, chinchilla, chinchilla. The <laughs> monster, princess android. Oh,
0: that's so funny, man. Um, and then the effects were like all like toasters and mixers and yeah. stuff. And, and then there was a
1: special edition of that too with some really bad That's CG. right. Yeah. Maybe video toaster. Yeah, probably um, was. What were the droids? 4Q2 and Artie Deco? <laughs> just the names are funny man i like uh i like uh when they're going over the death star plans and the guy's like and then you got to do this and then the oscillator and this and then you got to do this and then you got to do that and he's using all these like technical terms and you know and then like fluke is like you what and the guy's like you pull the plug man i need to see it again it's It's, yeah we
0: should watch it yeah it's it's so damn good but there was hardware wars and then uh Troops. And then, like, in the, the early days of the internet, there was a lot of those, like, the, the stop motion ones with the figures. There was a really
1: great one, of George Lucas, age six. I remember that one. Yeah, I should. Yeah. Did I show you that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking great. Yeah, you shot my knees. <laughs> the guy's got the Lando figure and he's, like, bombing it into the camera. <laughs> so Lando's head is, like, super large in the camera. ha 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 ha.
0: No, the one with the, the one I saw with the figures was, like, the dude had, like, stop motion with all the figures. And then he would take clips of the voices from the movie and, like, put them, they'd be all reversed and out of context and all. You know? you
1: know, speaking of that, speaking of taking voices out of the movie and putting them in clips, I tried playing Lego Avengers. Mm-hmm. I can't get into it. No. And I can't get into it because I keep hearing the voices from the characters from the movies.
0: Oh, but they're portrayed by voice actors who aren't like. No, it's
1: dialogue taken directly from the movie.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I don't like that.
0: No, oh, you want it to just like record like soundalikes or?
1: I I you know what I like I like the Lego I I like the Legos the the atmosphere of the Lego games and it was more like simlish. Yeah, I just enjoyed that more. But you know, it almost seems so like instead
0: of the just like not really talking or sort of talking, like, like, the star- rrr, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like instead like, of that, it's
1: clips from the movie. It's clips from the movies. That's strange. The first Marvel Avengers game or the the the, the first Lego Marvel game was was all original dialogue, mm. but it was uh, it was actual talking. Okay. And Lord of the Rings was the Lego Lord of the Rings was the first one to do that. I, I don't like, like that as much. That I would be like do...
0: that would be like putting talking in like a Zelda game. It would just wouldn't, I don't know. I don't I don't, it
1: I don't like it because I feel like this, now the comedic interlude scenes, like the cinema sequences, they take too long because they're focusing on the, what the characters are saying. Yeah. Now, I would be in favor of a Lego Batman game voiced by Will Arnett. Yeah. Like I'd be down for that. I just
0: saw that trailer for the Lego Batman movie. It looked pretty yeah, funny.
1: It looks it looks really funny. But I would be down for that because that's part of that that's part of the Lego Batman's charm mm-hmm. is the way that the character acts in that. Right. But for the most part, I, I – I,
0: Once you establish it one way, you kind of get used to it and you don't want to really yeah. see it. I, I was enjoying
1: way. the fact that they could very quickly do this story exposition – Without making me stop to listen to dialogue that I've heard in the movie so many times before. Um,
0: yeah, like Zelda Mario is like that too. Like the Mario games are just like little bit like Mario is, you know, or let's go. That's it. You know, it's yeah. not like like. But then Super Mario Sunshine on GameCube was the first to like deviate from that. And like you know, Bowser had like uh, had extended dialogue, and like some of the Toad characters had extended dialogue. Princess Peach talked. You know, there was like, and then Super Mario Galaxy went right back to like the one word. Or grunting and you know they're like well, people, you brought up people Legend- didn't respond to it you know
1: you brought up Legend of Zelda didn't Twilight Princess have speech or am I not remembering it? Not it that I recall no so they just... had a lot of on-screen text yeah though.
0: there was text but yeah not a lot of yeah no it's did no, it just, just link that yeah you know that kind of and stuff and Navi yeah or no it's uh who is it in uh, Midna a Midna that's it yeah but yeah. Midna but like well, she talks, talks in like, the the reverse rrr, speak rrr, yeah this is the reverse Japanese speak yeah. right
1: but yeah that's um. And I think uh, uh, Hyrule Warriors has dialogue. Does it? I, th- for some reason, I, I don't want to Say it does. Hmm. I've I have played remember. so much of it. How can I? Not I played
0: it I recently. I don't. I don't remember there being dialogue. That's I could game. be. Yeah, could be wrong. We're really old, so we don't remember broke shit as
1: fucking that game.
0: She seems really overpowered. That's broke. Okay. she's broken.
1: Okay. But when you say yeah, that's like she's broke as fucking. Yeah,
0: because I played. Uh, uh, you gave me that code, and I played as her, and I was like, holy <laughs> balls, man! She's Super powerful. powerful.
1: <laughs> Nothing tops link with the master sword at full strength. But yeah,
0: I don't think I got that far yet. I, yeah. no, I did. Well, you have you. to
1: kill a lot of enemies to. to I remember enemies. Dynasty
0: Warriors always had a lot of grinding in it, though. It's always yeah. like it's fun to just like play through it, but to get the really good stuff, you had to kill lot, well, lots the, of grinding. The
1: side quests, like the master quest, and the twi- like, if as long as you continue to use link, you'll rack up the kills, in, right? But some reason i thought maybe those games don't have dialogue either whatever yeah okay i think you might be right they don't but yeah a zelda game with speech would be really weird to me
0: yeah like like snes up to snes they were like confined to the you know the constraints that you couldn't have it you know but yeah once you got to the point where like playstation and stuff you could start having like these right. lengthy conversations, like Metal Gear. You know, my oh, God, forty-five minute codec conversation at the end of Metal Gear Solid too. Yeah, but made like, you pine for the days of SNES, like. Uh.
1: But it's, it's the same time. It's like you don't want to miss anything.
0: Yeah. So you, you you so you sit there and pay attention to it. It's like, <laughs> ah, yeah, boy.
1: Because you're in this mode where you're like, I want 100 percent this. I want to experience everything this game has to offer. Yeah. So you force yourself to sit through some otherwise. I wouldn't call. Uh, um, I wouldn't call it bullshit but it's like this tedious yeah. stuff
0: yeah. Metal Gear 4 did a little better I mean even though the ending was like fucking 90 minutes long yeah, but at least t- it was you were watching- different scenes and different dialogue the codec screen for 40 minutes was like overkill well
1: yeah I, I guess also with Metal Gear Solid 4 when you beat the game there was nothing to do after it. You weren't playing after that. So you could just put the controller on and enjoy it. But with Metal Gear Solid 2 or whatever, Metal yeah, you Gear Solid that button. You hit that button and it's like, okay, and I gotta hit watch the Kodak.
2: <laughs> and then God, that,
0: that you know. would be funny in Metal Gear Solid 2 if every time they got done talking, instead of like the little controller icon in the corner, somebody yelled, Hit
1: the button. <laughs> and then a pachinko machine came up.
0: Yeah. And then if you got all three, you got to hear the next. How about,
1: you know what, you know what Pachinko Machine, I would go out of my way hmm. to play. Hmm. Crazy Colonel Pachinko. Crazy Colonel. Oh, uh,
0: you know, like. The, oh, the I need Scissor 61. Uh, Crazy Colonel. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Like, I would play a Pachinko Machine with that. Because, Maybe that's
0: what it is. Oh, no, it's Metal Gear 3, isn't it? Metal Gear 3 based. Which I think is my favorite one. If I had to pick one. I'd, pick I'd probably Solid pick 3. Metal Gear 3.
1: This is going to sound strange. I would probably pick Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah.
0: It's a toss-up, man, between those two. They're like really close, but I think overall... I think if I had to cite something, it would be the fact that Snake's not the main character and also that long code of conversation at the end. Those two things like yeah. kill it for me a little bit and make Metal Gear 3 kind of rise above.
1: I think the reason why I like two the best is because... I respected what Kojima was trying to do with the Raiden experiment. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I have no, I have no problem. With yeah. that. I know everybody hated
0: Raiden, but I had no problem with it. I had so. no
1: problem with him either. In fact,
0: I enjoyed uh, when I would play that game and fail and lose. I always was able to blame it on Raiden, because I'd always fail and like fall down a pit or do something wrong, and I'd be like, Snake would have made that jump. Snake would have made fucking, that, yeah,
1: fucking idiot. Um, but Raiden
0: went, was better in some ways because he got an extra hit out of his combo. He got a four hit yeah. instead of Snake's three hit.
1: Um, for me, it's like the idea that you're playing a character that they have tried to – it's basically a a mimetic um, clone of Solid Snake. Yeah. They're trying to prove that they can recreate the perfect shol- soldier, and the whole point is that they can't. Right. There's only one. I like the fact that you playing the game – it makes you aware of that because he went through all the VR. He did all the things just like snake. The yep. idea is always oh, just as good of a soldier snake, but then they start bringing, it's the whole information thing of big shot. Like we're giving you all this information. Raiden is a metaphor for that. Mm-hmm. We're feeding you information in order to get a desired response. In this case, we're feeding you information to condition you to replace solid snake, to be solid snake. We want our own solid snake to do things for us, the patriots. Mm-hmm. So we're going to feed you information that is going to steer you in that direction, that is going to restrict your freedoms and limit your ability to make choices. Because by the time we're done with you, you'll have received so much information that is what we want you to have that you'll, you'll do things that we want you to do. Whether we tell you to do them or not, whether you do them independently, whether we tell you to do them, you're going to be doing things. You'll we do want you. You'll yeah. step in line. Right. That's what the big shell experiment is all about. Yeah. It's all about feeding people information in order to condition them to act a certain way. It's a nonviolent takeover of humanity mm-hmm. over time. Yeah. But Raiden eventually discovers his individuality. He starts, starts making decisions that are things Snake wouldn't do. Mm. Why? Because he's a different person with a different set of life's experiences. You know where where he grew up you know being like a killer at 10 years old
0: yeah you can't possibly duplicate all the experiences that made snake right. what he is genetic or not he <laughs> he led a life different from right writing.
1: and that humanity genetically is going to rise up and make an individual you yeah. can't you can't duplicate solid snake because there's only one solid snake because there's only one person that's lived with that set of life experiences of course the side effect of that is that because of that you're also never going to be able to recreate the perfect soldier because Solid Snake happens to be the perfect soldier, and it's his individuality that is a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Raiden, they're trying to take those abilities and they're trying to mold them into something. In, fact, it's, in a lot of ways, it's a very anti-corporate game. Yeah, you know, you have see to all,
0: already the seeds were planted for them to for Kojima right. to be pissed off like, at Konami.
1: <laughs> you can't, you can't. You can't force someone to stop being an individual and expect all of their best qualities to come out. Their best qualities are going to come out out of their individuality. Their humanity and their ultimate expression of who they are is going to rise because of their individuality, not because of how you can take their assets and conform them to your needs.
0: I have a I have a comparison for you. Mm-hmm. Picard and Shinzon.
1: Oh, wow. Value out of Nemesis. <laughs> There it is. Dude, man, you've rocked my fucking world. Yeah. That's something, right? I wish I was Vic Manani right now. <laughs> We'd bang. Well
0: we'll be back after these brief messages. Um, yeah. But now it's Metal Gear the Pachinko. So But uh I you know, as compelling as that story was, don't get me wrong. I you know, I appreciate that. Um I found myself at times like wishing I was following Snake. Like when Snake would appear in the story, yeah. and then he'd go away. I'd be like, "Oh, I want to follow that story." Like when he's uh, he's about to go up against Fortune, you know, and she's like, got that fucking giant railgun!" And he's like, "You want eternal rest? I've got it right here." And then they pan away. I'm just like, "No, I want to see yeah. that
1: part." Um, I, I, here's what I think they could have done with that. That would have made it better. I think it was a great idea, but I think it was the wrong the wrong game in the series to do that. Mm. Like I think that they should have made the if they really wanted to be bold, they should have made the entire second game about Solid Snake, and cliffhanged it to some degree, mm-hmm. and then released Metal Gear Solid Three with Raiden as the protagonist. The Snake works his way back into it, mm. so you get a whole second game of Solid Snake, yeah. or maybe not even cliffhanged it, but just like...
0: Well, yeah, I mean that portion at the beginning just certainly wasn't enough. You know, I mean it was just enough to mislead you that
1: portion of the game reminds me very much of gr- the Ground Zeroes thing for Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. It's a perfect environment to yeah. put the character in and let them play. But the difference is with the second half of Metal Gear Solid 2, I think is equally well designed and more large and spacious. It's it's very well designed for people to experiment. Those games are meant for you to explore and play with and have some fun with. Yeah. Um, whereas Metal Gear Solid 5's The Phantom Pain is not nearly as tightly constructed As the first half.
0: Yeah, as much as I, um, uh, you know, I, I do kind of feel like my own opinion Metal Gear Solid 3 is better, I will say that I always had tons of fun. Do you remember us walking around and shooting those guards in that very specific fashion where you would, like, shoot one arm and shoot one leg and then shoot the radio? and then like he would try to like radio he try, to, like, he'd try to radio for help and then the radio's busted so he tries to hobble away and yep. it's, like his one arm's busted his one leg's but like having fun with all the different guards and middle- like you couldn't do that in the in the same way you could still have fun with the guards but it just wasn't the, in the same way you could do they added like uh all the you know the choking and the interrogating they added all that kind of stuff but there was just something that was fun about like goofing around with those guards yes. all over Big Shell and doing that stuff. And I guess
1: that's another reason why I respect Metal Gear Solid too, is because I think that Kojima tackled – he not only tackled more lofty subject matter in that game than in any other game, yeah. but he had to do it with characters that existed in the modern world. Mm. See, it's easier to tell a story – in certain respects, not all respects, but in some respects, it's easier to tell a certain story when you put the characters in the past where they don't have access to modern technology. Mm-hmm. You know, but in Metal Gear Solid 2 and in 1, they had modern technology. Sometimes it's a harder story to tell yeah. because modern technology grants so many advantages yeah. that you have to be very careful about how you create that story so that the main characters aren't just using the modern technology to make everything a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. You know cell phones for example can you imagine all if cell phones existed in, in Snake Eater would have been a completely different game <laughs> just the ability to take a portable device and talk to anyone, anywhere anybody, although you do have the codec but it's not really a phone, yeah, it's a it's, radio yeah, yeah. you know, but like a cell phone which has a database you know, which allows you to bring up floor plans, yeah. which allows you to bring up information about culture in Metal Gear Solid 3, you know you have to turn on your radio, and you have to talk to the person at base, and you have to ask them about Russian culture. Right. And that becomes a big, long conversation. With a phone, you can do it in five you could minutes. You just look it up, yeah. Just look it up, and in five minutes, you are you know you know a bit more than you did before. So I respect, I respect Metal Gear Solid 2 for being willing to tackle that game in a modern setting. Right. But it needed to be in a modern setting because it was all about how information control just didn't exist anymore. Well – It wasn't information control as much as it was a lack of information control combined with uh, the funneling of information types. You know, giving people – first of all, overwhelming people with information so that they accepted everything. Mm -hmm. You have to condition them to accept everything they read and everything they hear. And then once once you've got their heart and their mind in that frame where they're conditioned to accept everything – then you can start to give them what you want to give them, so that they're only receiving the input and stimulus that you're giving them.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in Metal Gear, and it's based like in the near future. I know both of the games are, you know, two and four in near future, and it's like there's a lot of stuff in there. Where it's like I could totally see this happening, and it's actually some of it's already happening now. And like this, you know, this yeah. it's this pretty interesting.
1: Metal Gear Rising is another job that does another game that does a really good job with. Um, that idea of taking modern technology and presenting both its benefits and the problems that it poses—cybernetics, um, mm-hmm. cybernetic, you know, cybernetic organisms, uh, life forms with enhanced bionics—that kind yeah. of thing. The societal aspects of that are tackled in Metal Gear Rising, and it's really very well done. You know what else it does well? What's that?
0: Spine ripping.
1: Spine ripping's fun, dude. <laughs> Did you? You haven't even played it, have you? No. Dude, you should. Oh, no, I'm
0: not railing on it. I, yeah. I haven't played it, so I have no reason to.
1: Metal Gear Rising is a great game. Yeah. It's a great, great, great game. Yeah. I I revisit it every once in a while, and it's just so much fun to play. Yeah. I'm
0: going to check it out eventually sometime. I should. It, yeah.
1: The first two thirds of the game feel like Metal Gear Solid game. Hmm. They really do. But something crazy happens near the end, and it just goes completely off the rails. It's still entertaining, but it becomes a different game.
0: Um, I just remember like some of the silly, uh, the funny silly lines that were in. Uh, I saw, I saw like some of the boss battles, where like the, there's that one line where they're, like don't fuck with a senator or something. What that's the, the last fight. Yeah, that's, that's
1: the that fight is the only fight. in then the game. And he kicks him like a football or yeah. something. Yeah, that that that's when the game takes on a completely different tone and that's
0: weird i wonder why that is like what happened i I
1: don't know but there are people that are like i love that and i ask why and they're like oh because it just it changes and it's something you weren't expecting but is that good
0: right (laughs) you know like are you just when i watched it i just like laughed at it like this is silly i don't know if i want to play the game game,
1: is pretty serious yeah up to up to a certain point you know it's pretty it's pretty grim yeah and man there's some really dark things happening in a lot of the game. Metal Gear games have yeah, so scenarios that, like that's that. That's why but... it's weird to have like a hulked out senator kicking you like a football. It's like very strange. Yeah, it doesn't
0: happen like in the beginning of the game. No, it doesn't. something like that wouldn't, yeah. So, it's weird. Yeah. Um, but it's still a fun boss fight. Have you ever seen uh, speaking of like weird goofy stuff in Metal Gear? Have you ever seen uh in uh, in Super Smash Bros is it Brawl, the one that snakes in? Have you ever seen all the codec conversations? No. They're I'll a, admit I'm not a big
1: Smash player. It doesn't
0: matter whether you are or not. They're hysterical because uh, the, all the characters have like a special taunt that they can do. And Snake's, is, Snake's taunt is he has a codec conversation with the colonel. So it has to be a scenario where like you're playing in versus mode or something, you know, where, something where the second player won't attack you. And you have to just be in a mode where you can sit there and like and do the move, do the motion, some secret motion. It's like a Mortal Kombat fatality or something. You got to do some weird motion, and it unlocks a secret taunt for every character. And Snake's is whoever the opponent is. So you got to pick every single opponent. So like you pick Pikachu, and then and he talks to the Colonel. He's like uh, Colonel, uh, what's this creature? that's a Pikachu snake. And it's just like they go, like every single character, he, he'll he like, he has a codec conversation with the colonel. That's pretty about, awesome. That's Mario. He's one of the most important video game characters ever. You know, and then they just go back and forth and uh, he gets, to, what I like about he gets that... to Wario and he's like, uh, you have to be careful of Wario snake. His special move is farting.
1: What? Farting. <laughs> <laughs> the The reason I love that so much is because It's interesting to hear Colonel and Snake talk about Nintendo characters, right? (laughs) And I'm certain Kojima probably had a lot to do with that. No, so that's very it's very interesting. Now I'm going to need to like maybe YouTube them or yeah,
0: yeah. You can do a YouTube compilation. Somebody did a compilation with like every single character and Snake talking to the Colonel. It's pretty funny. I dig it. Um, I don't know what else I have here. Oh, um, July first. July first, I'm gonna be at uh, Pixel, Pixel Blast Arcade. It's a new arcade opening in Lyle, Illinois. So if you're in the Chicago area, if you're from anywhere else like Malaysia, I don't
1: care about this. You should come though, even if you're from Malaysia, <laughs> get a chance to meet us. Yeah, yeah,
0: I'm uh, I'm definitely gonna go there, and uh, you know I think Tom's gonna to go with me, and yeah. I think we're uh, yeah we're gonna check that place out. So being opened by uh, if you if you re- ever read EGM, you're familiar with anybody that worked at EGM, um, Trick Terry. He's uh, I believe he's like the co-owner. Um, the uh, one of the other owners is this uh, fellow by the name of Paulo Jada. Also worked at EGM, but uh, much after me, he was in the Ziff era. Uh, but he did work with Danyan. Danyan knows him, but uh, yeah, he's uh, him and him and Trick Man opening this arcade, so we want to check it out. And Sean, baby, and so, oh boy. I don't know if he's going to be there, but uh, yeah, Shu Yeah, well, you know the faces of EGM. Yeah, they, yeah, actually, the, the definite, yeah, the uh, the pioneers, the creators of, yeah. uh, of EGM. They worked on it. When Not Ed Senrad or Steve Harris or Martin Alessi or Danny Carpenter. None of those people have anything to do with or Sushi X. Yeah, forget yeah,
1: fuck those guys. Forget
0: those people. Trickman Terry, they're nothing. It's all about it's all about Ziff Davis. They Ziff founded David. EGM. As far as Wikipedia is concerned,
1: <laughs> yeah. in fact, I don't even know what that other shit was. Yeah.
0: Pixel Blast Arcades in Lyle, Illinois, and uh, they have, uh, they're have they on Facebook. And uh, How many
1: games are they boasting?
0: I don't know yet. I don't, uh, that's, I'm curious to see what they got going on. Because, I mean, we have the biggest uh, Guinness World Records, biggest arcade in the U.S., yep. Galloping Ghost is <laughs> and there are right some, around the corner.
1: some world records for some games are actually set there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, tons all the time, man. Yeah. They're on
1: Twitch all the time, breaking records left yep. and right, man. So, At uh, Galloping Ghosts, The final fight. World record was set there. No really? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it Considering cool. that game is, what, nearly 30 years old? And if you play Final Fight today, fucking thing still holds up. Yeah, it's fun. Still holds up. Mm-hmm. It's never dull. I'm always learning new things about that game whenever I play it. Mm-hmm. New objects on the screen to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, new hidden food items that you find behind comms along the way. New combinations. Even to this day, I always discover. New least-
0: transgender people to punch. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Because, uh, let's fuck it, they're all transgender. Every last yeah, everybody one of them. is. Everybody
0: Every- in the Capcom universe. You didn't yep. know that? Yep. They're transgender and they're Hydra agents. You didn't know that.
1: Goddamn. I'm Did- a Hydra agent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who knew? Gaming AM, agent of Hydra. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're going to check this uh, arcade out. Uh, actually, the uh, Doc Mac, the dude that, uh, uh, the owner of um, uh, Galloping Ghost. Has done a lot to help these guys get started, too. Help them fix up a lot of their games that they found. And, you know, they were driving all over a few states away, picking up all these games left and right and storing them all. You know what
1: that shows me? That shows me that Doc Mac is, like, not just a businessman. Dude's an enthusiast. Oh, dude.
0: He's one of the coolest people. I've met him. He's one of the coolest people you'll ever meet, man. Like, you expect, like, the the owner of an arcade to be like, you know, walking around like he's hot shit. He's not, man. He's like so down to earth and so cool. He was so nice to us when we talked to him, man. He's a really cool guy, man. So when I hear that he's helping these guys get their arcade started, it doesn't surprise me one bit.
1: No, it's fantastic. And, again, it's like the fact that he's helping them when they could be a source of competition yeah. because now people that are in that area might be more inclined to go to um, – What's this? Place Pixel, called? Pixel, Pixel Blast. Blast? Yeah. It might be more inclined to go to Pixel Blast to get up and go. That means he's going to lose business. But you know what? He's such an enthusiast for the arcade scene that he's willing to help these guys. Yeah, he get wants started.
0: just, you know what? There's room for everybody. Yeah. So that's probably his rationale there. How should be? They got rid of uh, Disney Infinity. You believe that?
1: I am really shocked by that because I thought that the line was doing really well. Yeah. I, I, I was blown away. I was like, what?
0: I read the story. I had to read it twice. I was like, I don't believe like I flipped past the headline in my RSS feed. And I was just like, wait, what? No, that's crazy.
1: It's not a new story though. It's kind of an old, it's kind of old at this point. It's like, I'm going to say it's almost a month old. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I'm blown away by it. Yeah. I mean, it's a way for Disney to make money selling toys. You know, well it just but, makes
0: you wonder like Nintendo you know I mean there's already like Skylanders and you know and Nintendo just started Amiibo and it's like yeah but
1: Disney has got the power of these of these IPs. all they've these got licenses Marvel and they've got Star Wars, and they've got all of their all their Disney movies and they're just like, nah, fuck it i think I think it it's a uh, casualty of war, I think it's an innocent bystander because they shut down their video games division, yeah. It's, so they probably associated Infinity with the video games division when they should have been associated with the toy Figures,
0: line. yeah, just like for no, if, if nothing else, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't use any of my Amiibos. I don't use any of my Disney Infinity. I just display them, you know. So a bunch of them are on clearance now. So I guess that's a good thing. I went out and got uh, Sam Flynn and Cora from Tron, and I got Wreck It Ralph and Vanellope. So it's cool. Got them on clearance. Whatever. Yeah,
1: I might uh, if I see Captain America, I might pick one up. Yeah, of course.
0: Because he's a, a Hydra agent, so. And I'm a Hydra agent. Yeah, so you, supporting the cause. Support, support the cause. Hail Hydra! Yeah. Um, did you? Uh, did, I don't know if I talked to you about um, Dragon Ball Super, Future Trunks coming back.
1: Is so? Have they? Has he back? Has he arrived? Have they started? No, it had the, the the
0: arc hasn't started yet. Okay, but yeah, I, I just, knew
1: I knew that they're they're bringing Future Trunks back. Yeah. I'm not really sure how that's going to work considering they averted his timeline completely. Yeah, that's, a, that's that's I don't get that. Like he went back to his timeline, but shouldn't his timeline not exist? Anymore? Well, I
0: think the explanation was that it created an alternate 1985 where Biff is corrupt. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, what's the whole line where Biff is corrupt and all powerful and married to your mother and married to your mother. And this has happened to me. Emmett Brown committed yep. what a great set of flicks but uh, yeah in much the same vein he went back in time to try and change things and ended up fucking everything up Not, he didn't really mess up his future it just didn't change the only positive that came out of it is that while he was in the past he was able to train with the most powerful warriors and in the universe so much stronger. become so much stronger that he was able to go back And the, the point was um, Goku dies and this, this create, is what
1: happens in the Trunks' alternate this future. This
0: creates a bleak future where Goku's not there to save them. And all all, all the Vegeta, Piccolo, Krillin, everybody dies. Yeah, they all die the only, hands of these two androids. Yeah, leave, leaving only uh, Gohan and Trunks to defend the Earth against these four One-armed horrible, Gohan. Well, not at first, but... Then, Eventually. Then, yeah. So, so he, uh, and uh, that, that's what makes that fight so frustrating, is that you know he could have won it if he just had his, if he had that other arm, he could have won that fight, but couldn't. That's, yeah. that's what made that fight. So that's what made it so compelling and so good and so frustrating at the same time. It's like, ah, oh, if only he had that, if he had that other arm, he could have won the fight. Cause he's fighting two of them. There's two, two of these androids they are really powerful and you know, he just can't stand up to them. And, uh, yeah, it's a
1: post-apocalyptic world, so there is no more society. No yes, yeah, these androids anymore. have just
0: wiped out everything because Goku died. So, there are um, some
1: people still alive, but they're beneath their notice now. Yeah,
0: so they decide what, they have the ability to um, make a one-time jump in the past. And the, in the future, they've developed a cure for the ailment that killed Goku. So he's going to bring him back this medicine, and then he's going to save his life. But then he goes back to the future, and nothing's changed. Everything's the same.
1: Did they ever explain why everything's still the same? I can't remember.
0: I believe it was just a alternate timeline was created. That's all. Now, well, here's, he goes
1: back to the future and he comes back again, though, doesn't he?
0: Right. He go. He he leaves and he leaves and he's like, nothing's changed. So then he comes back again. You know, Goku's taken the medicine. He's going to live, but yet the future hasn't changed. So he kind of realizes that all I've done. He's like, I've done this for no reason. I've done like he's he's distraught that he's like nothing has changed. I haven't. My mission's a failure. Like, well, that's not true. We can make you powerful, and you know, we you can train with us here. You can help us here, fight and save our world. And then, in doing so, you could become powerful enough to go back yourself. You don't need Goku. You and then, just,
1: if I recall correctly, he goes back to the future and like he fights uh, seventeen and eighteen. And he just wipes. The floor he wipes him them out like, like with little effort. Doesn't he kill? Uh, doesn't he? Kill and then he goes and
0: gets rid of Cell because Cell is the reason uh the perfect cell would have been created in his timeline right but then he's like we're 17 and 18 he's like oh i killed him. and he's like Rrr.
1: that was satisfying when trunks went and killed 17 and 18 so we were 17 and 18 cuz they're and not then, the sympathetic characters that you see in the original in dragon in our world yeah, in Drag- right right. right, like right. dimension that the characters that we follow and yeah they're horrible and yeah. they murder people for and fun and even at the start they're 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 not sympathetic in the regular world but like over time they kind of become sympathetic characters to right. the point where like you don't like them very much but you at least understand they're, where they're coming yeah, from. Right, exactly. Uh 16 becomes immediately sympathetic. Yeah, right. He he's he's like the failed the right. failed experiment, he, yeah. Um but uh but 17 is just like you know, he's a jerk the whole time. Yeah. And uh, and then
0: number 18 falls in love with Krillin yeah. so becomes
1: Eighteen learns the value of humanity. Eighteen and sixteen learned the the value of humanity. So, but I have a
0: theory. I'm going to throw a theory at you and see what you think of it. I think that the alternate reality that Trunks created. I believe that that's Universe Six.
1: Really, I thought there was no Earth in Universe Six. Well, if
0: you remember, at the end of the uh, the Godly Tournament, uh, um, Beerus versus Shampa. Uh, Beerus' team won, and he got to use the Dragon Balls, the Super Dragon Balls. Right. And he used his wish to restore the Earth of Universe 6 oh. as a favor to Shampa. So, um, their Earth is back. So now I'm wondering if their Earth wasn't destroyed by the androids, like that timeline. That's you how have... the Earth was ravaged, it was, okay. you know, the android timeline and all that. And now he's, uh, you know, he's supposed to fight. He's supposed to be the rumor is he's going to fight this character called Black Goku. So, did the rest- restoration of the universe maybe it has nothing to do with Universe 6? It's just my crazy theory. Right. But, did the restoration of the Earth in Universe 6 make it so that also there was a Goku in Universe 6 and that Goku never hit his head and he's evil and now he's fighting Trunks who exists in that reality in that universe? You know, that'd be something.
1: That would be nuts. Who knows so what, if it's true, but, you know. Wouldn't it be neat if, like, the ultimate confrontation was, like, the pure good Goku versus a pure evil Goku? Yeah,
0: like the, a Goku that never hit his head on a rock as a kid and lost his Saiyan programming, you know. Right. That'd be something.
1: That'd be fascinating, whether or not it's Earth-6. I, I, I don't say. know that, but, you know. But I think it'd be neat if it was. Yeah. Of course, that would imply that Trunks is, well, you can't. Trunks comes from the future. It doesn't come from another dimension.
0: Yeah. Well, now that this alternate reality is created, who can say whether it's an alternate dimension or an alternate Earth or another universe? Who knows yeah. if they'll use that wrinkle? It's just an insane theory, I thought.
1: No, that'd I be, think it's a pretty solid theory. That'd be interesting. It'll, we'll have to wait Well, and you see were it. correct.
0: Yeah. In, uh, remember you were saying how uh, your theory came true where you're like, I bet the planet that they're having this tournament on is the final Dragon Ball. And I was like, huh. It hadn't, hadn't occurred to me. I didn't think of that. <laughs> and then sure enough, you were right.
1: It, it's the only thing that made sense to me. It's yeah. like one of those, if it's right underneath your nose types of things. I don't know how I predicted it so easily though. Like, but somebody I mean, who doesn't watch the show as regularly as I do somehow figures out a plot well, twist that I didn't. It's, <laughs> you know, it's all about the information. Damn it. Yeah. It's it's a big shell man. They're feeding you that information. <laughs> they're 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 clouding your vision and judgment so that they can tell you a story and have you be surprised by it. Oh. I've exposed myself to Super not because I dislike it, but because you know I like Dragon Ball, but I'm I, not on the level that I not do, on the level right? that you do. Yeah. I like it. You know, I know enough about it and I've watched enough of it and read enough of the manga that I, that I enjoy it. But yeah. you know, yeah, you're uh, it's your favorite thing. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's your favorite thing.
0: One of. Not my favorite, but one of.
1: What'd you say is your favorite? Thing. If you had to pick one,
0: a favorite thing, a favorite what, like property anime, yeah, like
1: yeah, movie, like, TV show, right? If you're gonna go out and proudly display your nerd colors, wearing one shirt, that was I've already done it. I've already done it. Watch
0: each commercial that we've made, and watch our live stream. Okay. And and and. I'm wearing a Dragon Ball shirt in every single one of them.
1: So then Dragon Ball is your favorite thing? I guess so. It's gotta be.
0: <laughs> I would say it's up there, but yeah, now that I think about it, shit. I mean look at those wall scrolls over there and those jackets hanging up. And,
1: yeah. Yeah. Shit. And I think Dragon Ball is a topic that naturally filters into almost all of our conversations. That or David Warner. Oh. Or Captain America Agent of Hydra. What if David Warner's an agent of Hydra? <laughs> he is. And a Klingon. Yeah. And a human. Mm-hmm. But most important and an agent, agent of Hydra. Hydra.
0: Yeah. Comes full circle. Yep. Crazy. Fucking stupid.
1: Well not, not Dragon Ball. No, no, I know. But a Hydra. Yeah, I know. Captain America agent of Hydra. Hail Hydra. You're a Hydra agent? Mm-hmm. I'm a Hydra agent too, yeah, I so hey, okay, Everybody's a Hydra Everybody's agent. a Hydra agent now. So you know what, Cap? You're not special. Yeah. There's nothing special about you. You're just like everybody else, man. Yeah. just like everybody else. You're just as corruptible and fallible as everybody else. There's no reason anyone ever needed to like you. Hydra agent. Hydra agent. Yeah. Optimus why Prime. A- Hydra yeah. agent from Cybertron, mm-hmm. which existed thousands of years before Hydra. That's matter.
0: <laughs> see, th- that's why. It exists thousands of years before right. because you know they-, they were manipulating his childhood. You All see. right.
1: I'm going to hurt your feelings for real now. Eckmananya, Hydra agent. <laughs> agent of Hydra. <laughs> yep. When he was telling those religious fanatics yeah. off,
0: he was really trying to. Those
1: those religious fanatics were probably not Hydra agents, right? Or there were Hydra agents trolling him because he's a Hydra agent, and he's like, "I need you to work with me, guys." Yeah. But instead, they obstructed him and resisted him. Right. Right. So he got pissed off. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with. Religious ideologies. It was all because he was upset because his bros didn't have his back. Yeah. His Hydra bros. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you know who else is a Hydra agent?
1: Let me guess. M. <laughs> Bison. Oh, yeah. Well, of course he's a Hydra agent. He's probably the leader of Hydra. Yeah. That's to- weird that Ken and Ryu
0: fight him all the time because they're Hydra agents too. So <laughs> it's like. Why is anyone why, fighting why they, Yeah, we're all. We're all
1: Hydra Asians. Yeah. Why are we fighting? Look, you, you got it, guys. You got it all. You took over the world. My guinea pigs are Hydra Asians. <laughs> like, you know, when babies babble, that's the first thing they say. They're yeah. saying, hail Hydra. Mm-hmm. So, like, why is there even a fight? Yeah, you won. Be. You got it. You got it all. Doesn't matter. Hydra wins. Mm-hmm. Batman? Totally. Mm-hmm. Fucking Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's one of the founding members. Uh, probably. Yeah. From thousands of years ago, <laughs> the <laughs> on Mighty <Cybertron>. o- <laughs> the Mighty Orbots, <laughs> Hydra agents. This is so goddamn stupid.
0: I can't even take it.
1: Well, yeah, because the original idea of some a Captain America being Hydra agent is goddamn stupid. Yeah, pretty bad, man. If he can be one, everybody else should be one. Mm-hmm. If the incorruptible. Everyone's can be, yeah, everyone, yeah. The incorruptible can be corrupted. No one's infallible. Then my point is that if the incorruptible can be corrupted, then everyone is corrupted. Yeah. If the one guy that you can rely on, you can't rely on, you can't rely on anybody. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's a fucking stupid storyline. Well, one of many reasons it's a stupid storyline. But, you know, there's one thing we can rely on. Hmm. And Bison trying to run us over <laughs> in that truck. That's true. That's, and I don't know why, because we're
0: all on the same side in the end. Yeah. Well, you know. Because this is an idea somebody
1: just came up with. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. you know, to generate interest. How can, uh, how can people. Uh, Listen to our uh, Hydra rhetoric.
1: Okay. Well, uh, they can go to our website, Yeah. GamingAM.com. Mm-hmm. We are on iTunes. Mm-hmm. We're on uh, Google Play. Yeah. Stitcher. Mm-hmm. What's
0: the other one? Uh, TuneIn Radio. TuneIn Radio. Yeah. And uh, you can call the uh, Hydra hotline, yeah. 773-492-2642. Just call.
1: You don't even need to say Hail Hydra because we know you're Yeah, Hydra we know. Yeah. yeah, we
0: know. So yeah. don't bother. Yeah, you can just you know, go on to uh uh what you were saying. Yeah. You know who else is a hydration? Hmm. Your mother. <laughs> I knew it. See,
1: I already knew that. You didn't have yeah.
0: to tell me that. I knew he was.
1: So uh, uh yeah, we you, you can find us on Twitter. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook. Yep. And
0: uh you for- can visit uh, my video game uh repro shop uh, repro.rad.tv. I make uh, video game reproductions. Most of them are Hydra-related.
1: So, Simon Belmont? Mm-hmm. Hydra. Agent Dracula. of Hydra. Hydra. Why are they fighting? Why do they
0: fight? So pointless.
1: And uh, you can find me on Twitter. I have my own personal Twitter account, yeah. at Tom Tolios. Uh, Facebook, I'm Tom Tolios. You can also find my work occasionally on... Uh, www.oprainfall.com, a Hydra-affiliated website. Yes, I recently posted a review for uh, Hydrosphere Hydra Sphere Sphere, Odin Sphere Uh I got it done before. I had the game about a month before it came out, mm-hmm. and I was able to finish finish the game and write up the review before the embargo, the review embargo. So it went up Impressive. on the first day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Atlas liked it so liked my review so much they retweeted it. It's a big deal. Very cool, man. It's a big deal. <laughs> uh, and apparently, I've been informed that... Uh, so this
0: is the guy that you've been listening to. reviewer, Game reviewer extraordinaire, Tom Tolios.
1: A reviewer of everything extraordinaire. Really. Yeah, yeah. That's me. And,
0: and Hydra Agent.
1: And, and the Hydra Agents. Uh, I occasionally blog on our website, www.gamingam.com. And given the fact that I now have a little more time in my schedule, you can probably expect to be more of those. Cool. Um, and I believe that's it. Yeah. I think you can also find us uh, on the front of the grill of that truck that's about to drive on us. Over. no,
0: no, hell with that. We're gonna jump up and kick him in the head yeah. with our hydro feet. Right. <laughs> Have we run that joke into the ground yet? No.
1: You know, you know. <laughs> when Marvel? You know when we've run it into the ground? When Marvel realizes how fucking stupid it is, and they get rid of it. Yeah. When they, when they do that, I'll stop harping out about it. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> so until next time. I'm this, Ray Price. I'm Tom Tolios.
2: Hail Hydra!